Oh, greetings, traveler. Today is Turdos, morning star the 9th, and you're just 84 days away from the launch of Elder Scrolls Online. This is Elder Scrolls Off the Record, episode 95. This show is sponsored in part by tweakedaudio.com for quality headphones and 30% off with our code off the record. You go to tweakedaudio.com for a fantastic deal. We'll talk about that a bit later. Also, the show is brought to you by audible.com. Download your free book today at audibletrial.com forward slash Network, and by fans such as notalotofnews.com, a gaming news website dedicated to providing at least two news stories a day. Also, we want to let you guys know that we'll be hosting a Elder Scrolls Anthology giveaway on a social uh, on our social media outlets this week coming up. Uh, a copy is provided by our friends over at ESOLodge.com. You can follow them on Twitter at ESOLodge. And again, more on that in just a few minutes. I want to talk about our discussion topics First, we're going to be discussing the new beta invites that are out. ESO hits most anticipated list for 2014. Forum chat over at questgamingnetwork.com from Ian Seeley, who says player home instances and weighs in on that. Build discussion. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite builds or some ideas that we have on builds regarding any Elder Scrolls game, any build, and some of our favorites. Uh, today, we're going to have a random book from the Imperial Library in our lore section, plus your dev question of the week, the host mod challenge of the week. Uh, Dave gave me a, uh, <laughs> a mod last week called Bad Wolf, and of course your emails. I am your humble host and fellow Tamrielic traveler, Ivarwin, and as Dave has written on the notes here, I was once arrested for singing too beautifully in public. Just, just too beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> And sitting right next to me here in our tavern here in Cyrodiil. Uh, where are we, Shank? We're in the Roxy Inn, right? <laughs> Your favorite inn, man. <laughs> My favorite inn. Vampiric STDs galore. <laughs> I've got Dave, the creator of the color purple. It took a long time to make. Hey, everybody. Glad to have you here. Glad to, to have you here on this episode, particularly, because we have this one chock full of ideas new and old. Uh, one thing that I'm, I'm particularly proud that I did all on my own is our brand new overlay that we have on Twitch.tv. Oh, that was that was you all on your own, huh, Dave? Yeah, by putting absolutely no effort into it, it magically happened. <laughs> magically. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all did great for all. I, I love it. I love uh, it. Love it. Well, we we uh, I can't obviously take any of the credit whatsoever. A uh, a friend of QGN. Uh, who's, uh, whose name is basic? Well, he goes by Stefman. Uh, he's a friend of ours. He uh, he put it together and he did a fantastic job, as as you can see in the live stream. And if you're catching this later on YouTube as well, uh, we absolutely love it. There's still a little more work that we got to do. We got to flesh it out, uh, but we got it up and running yesterday and took a few hours to uh, to get it all put together and all that. So because we're we're new to the, the overlay thing, but. Uh, sitting with us at our table here in the tavern is Shank, who supports the abuse of butterscotch bunnies. Um, I do, I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm super stoked to be back. Um, I haven't been on for a while because we, you guys had a show last week, but wicked stoked to be back. I love the new overlay. It looks awesome. Chat room, what up? That's right. And John Supa, 
our QGN manager of community, and the bringer of death. I need some warm mead. <laughs> bring in the mead. Bring, just... bring on the mead. <laughs> bring in the mead. Quick. <laughs> We're, of course, joined by our wonderful chat room. Hello, chat room. How are you? Thanks for, for coming out tonight. Uh, Lou's not here, unfortunately. He is he is still off uh, serving our country. He'll be back next week. Um, he's got a couple of couple of week a uh, couple of days left of this. He uh, he's got to go for like two weeks or something, twice a year or something like that. I I don't know, but uh, come back home soon, Lou. We uh, we miss you here. Uh, so before we get into some of our discussion topics, we've got something quick to mention. And I was sort of uh, derping around the uh, Bethblog.com, the uh, the Bethesda. Well, yeah, it's Bethblog is is what it is. It's there. It's Bethesda's blog, and they had up this interview from Stuprostar. S T U P O R Star. That's the name she goes by on the uh, official Elder Scrolls forums. Stuperstar. 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 That's horrible. Hey, she picked it. Uh, she is a modder for, for Morrowind. And for those of you out there who are interested in what it's like to be a modder and maybe, you know, what it would be like to, to mod Morrowind, you may want to check this interview out. Uh, basically, Bethesda had asked her how she got into modding. A uh, new version of the – they asked about her brand new version, version 3 of her six-year strong mod – Uvrith's legacy. Wow, um, six years. Six years. That's impressive. Nice. Especially if she's been updating it all along. Yeah. Oh yeah. They See, ask her uh, her opinions on Morrowind modding community. Why it's still strong after ten years. Her next projects and and all that. So, again, you can find it on BethBlog.com to get all that info. Uh, I just want to say real quick, uh, mm. that's right there is one of the reasons why Elder Scrolls is awesome. Because like I don't know of any other community that's so dedicated to like just do like purely for modding. I mean, Morrowind's been out for more than ten years, and people are still modding, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, it it really is. It's it's got it's got some modding community behind it. You know, I mean, um, we've got. People are still modding Morrowind. They're still modding Oblivion. And it gives you food for thought when you think about games like Skyrim, which obviously came out, you know, a couple of years ago. And, you know, there's so many mods for it out right now. I mean, when's the end game for that going to be? I mean, if Morrowind, they're still modding that game 10 plus years later, it's like, geez. Well, uh. The community for, for Elder Scrolls is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and awesome on uh, Bethesda for providing the creation kit that a lot of these people are using to keep modding these games so long after uh, they've kind of gone out of the public's eye. Absolutely, man. Without a doubt. That's that's uh, one of the best things. One of the best things that I think I think that's probably what keeps the community so vibrant is is the fact that you can you can get into any Elder Scrolls game, play the whole thing through and through, and then jump into the modding community, and now you're presented with new ways of of playing the game um, every single time you you know you you mod it. It's uh, it's really impressive. Right, or and there's you, some teams out there 
creating a lot of bang for your buck. I mean, I spent $60 on Skyrim, played through that, played through Dragonborn, played through Dawnguard. And then on top of it, there's create mod uh, authors out there, like the gentleman that made Falsgar. And that, that's like a whole other DLC content on top of it. Mm. Okay. Uh, also, Classic Elder Scrolls Nights going strong with our second episode, uh, doing well on YouTube. Now we're going to be adding Shank to our cast starting tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. We all make I, mistakes. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> I just want to say I'm wicked stoked. When I learned that this was going to be a podcast, I texted Ivarwin, flipped out, and I was like, this is awesome. And uh, bugged him enough until he was like, fine, you can join. So, <laughs> so I'm happy. I'm really excited. Um, I I mean, it's it makes me quite happy. So, really, really excited for it. That's strangely accurate, Shank. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, strangely. I speak the truth. Yeah, spit the truth. So, speaking of classic Elder Scrolls night, um. I don't know if if uh, any of you guys had a chance to to see it or not, but um, I got I actually got a chance to play Daggerfall. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I didn't I didn't watch it, but I was listening to it, and you're like, and it crashed, and it crashed. <laughs> yeah, that happened a few times. Yeah, and I, I believe you were there was a, a considerable amount of time where you just your quest was like, I need to find pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah. happened but i mean are we surprised uh, not really i mean I, I guess that's that's par for the course for qgn is <laughs> no yeah. pants no pants that's that's <laughs> what we do here we don't wear pants even when we play daggerfall and even our daggerfall characters they don't wear pants <laughs> um i gotta show this off this is this is just my pride and joy right now oh god did you did you actually get it to work yet I, I got some of it to work. I don't know if some of it. Yeah. See here's... now, by some of it, do you mean the game you paid for? Yeah. I don't know if you can see that or not, but this is a copy of ah, stupid glares. Not working right for me here, but um, this is a copy of the Elder Scrolls Travels Shadow Key. Thank God. <laughs> so On what platform is that again? The uh, Nokia Engage. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not a console, guys. That's a phone. It's a phone. This this <laughs> bad boy right here, which came out in like 2003. <laughs> <laughs> I I I bought this phone right because I wanted to get Elder Scrolls Travels in um, Shadow Key, and uh, this phone came to me, and um, I I tried putting in a cartridge right, it, which you right on the bottom here. You put this. You put the cartridge here in the, in the bottom goes uh right in there and it keeps giving me this error that uh the the memory is is too full and i can't i can't save my game <laughs> some games that are too big i can't even play them so i was really nervous oh, when, I, when i bought shadow key i was really nervous <laughs> I'm like great like, you know i'm gonna try to play an elder scrolls game on this thing it's already telling me that there is meanwhile i'm trying to like play like tony hawk pro skater and <laughs> it's telling me how oh, there's not enough memory to play the game and I, I buy an Elder Scrolls game. It's pretty awesome. Smart. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, this isn't even a downfall of Bethesda. Um, <laughs> this has been done with the Kingdom Hearts series, 
Parasite Eve. There's all these games that have had incarnations on a phone. Good God, really? <laughs> Parasite Eve. So, so I got this. Um, I did get a chance to play it only after you know clearing out pretty much every piece of information that's. The only thing it can do is DES. That is the only thing. Like I even tried <laughs> to delete apps. Nothing. Just the game. <laughs> Just the game. That's all it does. That's all it needs to do. To be honest, I mean, who, 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 who buys and engages these days if they're not like you know some crazy Elder Scrolls fan who? Um, I mean, you could buy and engage these days. <laughs> um, it took me a while to like find it. Really early two thousands. I, I just, I just want to let everybody know that when he showed me this phone. For the first time, he held it up. He's like, guys, check out what I got. And I literally, I had no idea what it, it was. Yeah, no idea. He's like, what is that? Is that like a pacemaker? <laughs> this book is just great. I, this book comes, first of all, I want you to know that this, um, the packaging, it was it was fully packaged. It had not been opened. So Where I, did you find it? I found it on eBay. Dude. Yeah. Unopened unopened package of elder scroll shadow key right i defiled it as soon as it got to my house like i ripped that thing open so fast <laughs> didn't even care it's like uses deep it, it, this belongs in a museum <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even couldn't even wait to to tear it open i mean it's just it's so cool so so much fun um so it's it's basically like a really actiony type of elder scrolls game and I was playing it for a little bit, and then I realized I can't save the game because apparently there's so much information on that that Nokia Engage right now that you can't even save the game. So how how big is the game? Like two megs? It's uh yeah, it's probably the size of a standard text message that you can send these days. <laughs> so apparently this uh, book is is it comes in all different kinds of languages. So. So there it is, my friends. That is uh, that is my favorite portion of of the week so far is getting Shadow Key for the for the engage. Probably more text in that book that came with it than there is making up the code of that game. Yeah, fun game. I'm having fun with it. So been uh, played a little Daggerfall, little uh, little Shadow Key. You know, it's good stuff. Also, uh, for Classic Elder Scrolls Night, I had played some Oblivion as well. That's fun. I'm, I'm going through um, the, uh, was it the uh, Dark Brotherhood storyline still? So definitely, uh, it's been it's been a very Tamrielic week for me. <laughs> I'd have to say. What about you guys? You guys got anything? I have something. Yeah. Um, that was a very definitive statement. You forgot so, about it, didn't you? <laughs> um, I was perusing. This is this is sort of a tip, I guess, to you guys too. Um, I was perusing the ENB uh, site. That's enbdev.com. And there is a new ENB version out, which I'm itching to try. So I kind of want to jump into that and see how that looks. But last he's cool. added a lot of stuff. So Wait, um, what, if you guys are what game though? Uh, for, oh, sorry for for Skyrim. I should have uh, okay started with that. But yeah, so the, there's a new ENB version out um, for Skyrim, and there's a, actually a lot of stuff that he's added in there. Uh, a lot of awesome stuff actually that he's added, and then I, I kind of want to try it out. So if you guys listening, watching, whatever are uh, 
you know, graphics junkies, mid-maxers, as Arwen calls me, um, tr- check <laughs> it out and try it out. What was that? Graphics min-maxer. Graphics min-maxer, yeah. 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 Uh, you can Can't find use it. use my word. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, uh, you can check it out at enbdev. That's E-N-B-D-E-V dot com. And it's uh, ENB version 0.244 for your reference. So I'm going to go check it out at some point. And if you're... If you want to check it out feel free and let me know how how it goes cool you gonna be like streaming that or something anytime soon uh i might be but it it's it's gonna be a lot of me like literally tinkering on my desktop with the files like changing a value here changing a value here so i don't know how interesting it would be if people think that's interesting then i, I might stream it who knows I mean, we get we get emails asking you know what's what's some of the mods that that we use i mean dude you're i definitely think i mean if you announce right now like when and what time you're doing this, I guarantee you you're going to have a chat room full of people. Guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, then how about this? This Shank Saturday, which is at 2 p.m. Eastern time on our my, Twitch channel. My Twitch goodness. Are you referring to Shank Days? I am. I'm, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have a clever oh saying. God. Shank's Saturday, not Shank Days. Shank Days. Shank Saturdays. I am. Uh, I guess sure. I'll, I'll stream uh, me trying to install this new ENB version. Um, feel free to join the chat. Um, I, I don't care. Like if any of you guys, fellow hosts of mine, uh, wish to join, feel free, and uh, we'll get it going and have a good time. So 2 p.m. on Lordos. Yes, 2 p.m. on Lordos. Lord uh, this Lordos. 2 p.m. Eastern time. This Lordos. 2 p.m. Eastern. It's different. <laughs> hey Shank, I just had a quick question. When you're updating EMBs, does it yep. matter if the if you're using like a modded preset like Real Vision and they haven't updated to the new EMB yet? You should always when you check when you download a new ENB version, the binary file from ENB dev, you should always make sure that your current ENB preset is updated to support it. Okay. Always. That's cool. very, very important. Good why question, is though. Why, why is that? Why is that? It's, it's important because whenever the, 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 the binary file is updated, that optimizes certain things that um, – and, and the preset talks to that binary file. And if one thing is updated and the preset which looks at this file isn't necessarily updated, it's not going to be fully optimized. So you want both versions so you get the most optimized experience and, and saves a lot of headaches that way too just in my own experience. Okay. Very, uh, very good. And uh, John, didn't you uh, didn't you say that you had you had something you wanted to talk about, for, you know, for a minute on the show? Yeah, yeah. I jumped into Oblivion this week after last classic Elder Scrolls night, and then watching or hearing about more Q and his lost Oblivion tapes, and then watching him try and play it again. <laughs> I'm just so motivated to jump into Oblivion, so I jumped in, and I'm actually doing something I don't normally do, and I'm making a uh, sword and board kind of knightly character. Oh, man, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Trying you. all sorts of new things. What do you um, normally do? I mean, how, I mean, do you, do you play Oblivion a lot, or? Yeah, you... I've played it uh, before on a, uh, it's kind of like an assassin character. He used daggers and a bow. Um a lot of stealth, a lot of sneak, agility. So in this one, I'm going more towards strength, endurance, kind of trying to make a big bulky knight 
trying to do the Avarwin thing, if you would. Very nice. Do you do you carry that over into Skyrim? I mean, is your is sneaking around like your playstyle, or or does it really depend on the game or the quest, or does it does it vary? Uh well, usually in role playing games, I start a character that I've kind of used in more or less every game to kind of just see how it goes because that's a playstyle I do enjoy is the sneak archer kind of playstyle. Mm-hmm. Good so man. I usually start with that, and then depending on what I feel from the game after playing through as that kind of class, I might decide to make a alt, if you would, and create another one and try well, a different play style out. I'm talking, I guess, I guess, I guess you answered the question, but I was really just specifically talking about Elder Scrolls games. I mean, uh, when you go from Oblivion to, to Skyrim, does that change up or, nope. or not? Not Okay. Stays the same. Very good. Very cool. All right. Um, why don't we, uh, why don't we get into some of our discussion topics tonight, gentlemen? Sure. In their tongue, he's Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. Fusroda. <laughs> New beta invites are out, guys. Oh my oh, god, man. I don't want to talk about beta. <laughs> <laughs> I keep checking my email box. Every five minutes. Well, hopefully you weren't disappointed. Uh, Tirdas, seventh of Morningstar, or this Tuesday if you're going to be boring about it. ZeniMax Online Studios announced they are holding another closed beta session this weekend. Oh my god, we're not allowed to talk about beta! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This comes directly from their website. And I quote... It's that time again. Get ready to check your email and see if you made it into Elder Scrolls Online Beta. We're greeting the new year with a round of beta invites. Check your registered email addresses to find out if you've received one. And don't forget to look in your spam folder just in case. Remember, if you use Gmail, our invites will be automatically filtered into the Promotions tab. The beta is getting bigger as launch approaches and it's coming, guys. Uh, we can't wait to see everyone's feedback. If you don't receive your invite today, don't worry. You'll have more chances to explore Tamriel before launch. When we send out invites, we post here on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. So follow us on our on your favorite site to make sure you don't miss an announcement. Thanks for all your enthusiasm about testing Elder Scrolls Online. Um, if I may just jump in very quickly. Um... Pool's warm. Jump on in. Nice. So if <laughs> okay, uh, if you um, just a, a friendly reminder, if you were one of the people to get uh, an invite, there is a tweet that was sent out uh, from Twitch support, and I quote: "Elder Scrolls Online beta is still closed, thus no broadcasting. Broadcasting ESO gameplay is subject to DMCA guidelines and suspension. So just keep that in mind, guys. You cannot stream this game if it." If you got the invite, just thought I'd mention it real quick. Sort of says something about it, the amount of people that are getting into this beta at this point. The last last round, they had close to like 300,000 people or I, don't, I think maybe I'm remembering that incorrectly. I think someone had said that one of the rounds, it was 300,000 plus and they, they keep adding to it each each round. I mean, yeah. at, at this point, we got to be well over half a million at this point. 
I don't know, man, because we, we, we wouldn't be talking about if you're in or not. <laughs> Wink, right? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that what I'm supposed to derive from that? <laughs> what? No, of course. I would not be in a beta if there even was one. <laughs> I think it's a good sign that they're coming out in the first week of the new year and saying, hey, beta weekend, check your mailboxes. It's really hitting the ground running this year. They're on but- the ball. What what this tells me is that they're really trying to get uh, a lot of people on there doing a bunch of different stuff. Um, this honestly, this to me sounds like. I mean, obviously, the game's releasing on PC and Mac on April fourth. This is like the last like couple yards before the finish line. So they want to get as much information feedback as they possibly can. And, you know, beta with a large uh, population in there, that's like the perfect way to do it. So hmm. it's it, it seems like a pretty lot. I, I have a feeling that we're going to be starting to see a lot more of these uh, invite announcements go out. And I'm going to predict right here, right now on Elder Scrolls Off the Record at 6.49 p.m. Central Time, the right time, that we're going to see an open beta on – February, the first Friday of February is going to be the uh, the first open beta. That's I'm calling it right now. If I'm wrong, first Friday, first Friday of February. February. Freight off. If, if you're wrong, you get your old eyes back. Put it on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, please don't be wrong. <laughs> what do you think, John? You think you think we're going to get? You think that's going to happen? You think Shanks right, or you think he's off his rocker? I mean, he's off his rocker, but I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, he's off his rocker. Uh, <laughs> Friday, February. Uh, no. Well, I don't know. The day is fast approaching. They do need to get this. If they're going to go into an open beta, it needs to be soon. So he might not be far off. I I, I think, mo- well, if this was like any other normal MMO company, when they, they would, they normally do it like a month before. Or, you know, they usually do it two months before, they have it for a couple of weeks, and then they shut it down for a full month, and then the game launches. That's sort of been my experience. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I think that first week of February, you're going to get hear about the NDA probably dropping. Then the second or third week, uh, you're going to hear about a open beta, mm-hmm. which is going to run till about... I'd say the first or second week of March, mm-hmm. then it's going to be done until the game releases. Or I mean, you guys don't think they're going to run open beta up until no, they they will not run open beta. I mean, Guild Wars Two open till launch, Neverwinter open till launch. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, everything that they've done has completely surprised us up to this point. And I mean, I got to say that I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, I, maybe, but I don't think they will. Uh, but you know, I would I, sooner expect early access than beta. Okay, like, so like a pre-order thing? Yeah. Yeah, I would sooner expect an early access, maybe with collector's editions, than I would to expect mm. to see beta yeah. run the entirety of March straight into the release. I'd have to agree because... Um, that, that's on the record, by the way. That this is one of the few times I agree with Dave. It's Elder Scrolls um, off the record. Off the record, Shank. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
just because this particular game had it not said Elder Scrolls in the title, but because there's it has Elder Scrolls and that carries with it a certain weight, there's they must be under a tremendous amount of pressure. So I, I I'm inclined to agree with Dave on this that they would want to kind of shut it down and like really make sure that the game is very solid for that April 4th launch. Makes sense. Guys have any uh closing closing uh discussions? Anything else that any closing points I should say that you want to bring up? All right. Um I guess our our next uh it's a tiny little thing. So I mean, hey, there it is out there folks, you know, uh beta's out this weekend, so check your inboxes. Um, ESO hits most anticipated lists for 2014. Again, this comes directly from their website as well. Do a little, little switcheroo there. Oh my, isn't that nice? <laughs> Put the live stream to catch up on it. I love these new <laughs> Fancy. lands. Fancy. There you have it. Um, yeah, Morningstar the 6th, my friends, or, or January 6th, if you feel like being boring about it. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online since, uh, says we're honored to see uh, ESO appearing in lists from press sites around the web. Uh, as we approach our PC and Mac launch date in April, we're seeing ESO pop up on more and more most anticipated games lists for 2014. Thanks for your enthusiasm. We wouldn't be here without you. Take a look at these links to see some of the articles featuring our game. So... You got uh, quite a big, uh, quite a big list here. Four Eleven Mania, CNET, Forbes, Forbes on twice actually. Top video games. I know. I just saw it. <laughs> Best video game RPGs of 2014 and and beyond. That's nice. But uh, what the hell I, does Forbes I, know? I have a. <laughs> I uh, I have a I have a question for you all and the chat room alike. Um. This this information that it's 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 you know it's on the most anticipated games list, and and I mean this in a totally genuine, completely innocent way. Are we surprised to see this game, this particular game, on the what on so many most anticipated? I mean, there's got to be like what twenty twenty people here at least. I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. I I mean, personally, I this is cool. This just shows you how many people are interested in the game. So the fact that there's like, I don't know how many people, I can't count or do math at all right now. Um, you know, the fact that they, they're highly anticipated by so many different people. And I, and I can tell you just by looking at the, uh, the institutions here that are listed, these, they're, li- they're like all over the spectrum as far as um, how much or how little of games that the, uh, certain, some, certain sites actually cover. So it's, it's definitely, you can just tell, man. I mean, there's a lot of people looking forward to this game so i'll tell you what does surprise me oh yeah not necessarily the the fact that it is one of the most anticipated games uh that doesn't surprise me at all Uh, i mean it's just it's it's just it's that there's so much anticipation for the game and it's been building uh for a long time it doesn't surprise me that that here we are in 2014 and you, you see it on these lists what does surprise me is the fact that you got um, some sites are uh, whereas it was ranking it the game was ranking far higher 
I would say about six months ago than it is right now. Elder Scrolls Online on MMORPG.com is on this list here, uh, has this list here, and it's number four. The number one is Wildstar, uh, with number two being Shroud of the Avatar Forsaken Virtues and uh, EverQuest Next Landmark being three, and then four, Elder Scrolls Online. That's from MMORPG.com. I now, remember why do when you it think was number that's one. The case? Why do I think that's the case? Yeah. I think it honestly it, here's here's the no here's the no BS answer honestly I think it's because people perceive it to be a PVP game I think that's the case yep I think it would rank a lot higher if people perceived it to be what what Elder Scrolls has been in the past which is you know obviously a PVE game it's a single player game so uh, still ahead, offside in the chat room says anticipation would be ten times more if there wasn't an NDA uh I'm sure yeah. I, I think that's also the other piece of that, yeah. too. It says people want to talk about it, but can't. The people who want to say the good things can't say the good things. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and we sort of covered that, you know, last week a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, God, this site is really not MMORPG.com, but like some kind of like, what is this thing here? Yahoo Games? This site is like really weird. I, can't I, I need to admit, it. I did not know Yahoo covered games. Yeah, Yahoo Games. Either. Hold yeah. up. Yahoo's still around? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Huh. They're on this list here. Learn something every day. Oh, it's alphabetical. That's why. I'm trying to figure out. To see, it says number one out of 20 here for, for the Yahoo Games one. It says Titanfall. And I'm looking here on the site, and I'm trying to find a way to figure out where Elder Scrolls Online ranks, and there's, like, no link to... <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just click this little... It, uh, that's Yahoo right there, man. Yeah, what a bunch of Yahoos. <laughs> the information you want is never there. Yeah. <laughs> to use Yahoo, sign up with Google+. Let's go to 10-Ton Hammer. 10-Ton Hammer has it also on their, their list of most anticipated. For Yahoo, it is 8 of 20 by the... No, nope. that's not it. Jeez. Uh... 10 ton hammer uh, it doesn't look like they have a ranking system um although they they list their first one that they list is Wildstar, and the second one they list is elder scrolls online i don't know if that's their ranking system that's sort of unspoken or are they just like you know here's a collection and by the way you like probably get these two right and elder scrolls was 15 of 20 on yahoo on yahoo yeah i would also like to know how how all of these individual sites are coming up with this what measures obviously this isn't you know there's no standard of measurement here. Randomly picked some guy and said, "Hey, name fifteen games." Yeah. Hey, uh, who's the game guy around here? Uh, Carl. Hey, Carl, come over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you play a lot of video games, right, Carl? Yeah. What's the most anticipated? Mm, I'll make a list. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect dark. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What else? Um, that, that's terrible. Game Informer. Game Informer. Let's see what Game Informer had to say. I'm picking out the uh, the most anti the most anticipated the most anticipated game companies. I'm trying to I'm trying to find the the most recognizable game companies here. That um, looks like Game Informer's got it in a podcast here. Mm, okay. No <laughs> no one cares about their podcast because it probably stinks since it's not a QGM. <laughs> Game Breaker. Jeez. 
They're kind of coming up in the world, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They're doing good. Good old uh, kudos to Gary. Uh, number four for, for Game Breaker. Uh, number one is The Witcher 3. <laughs> I haven't played one or two of that. Nah, me either. Just play two. Just but, trust me, just play two. Just yeah. ask I'm not Shank. I'm going to pick up the second incarnation <laughs> of the game. I'm going to play the first, and, first one first. There it is, though. John, uh, do you have any? Do you have anything that you want to add on this? Um, well, actually, I was looking at the uh, the most anticipated list, and I think it's interesting to point out that there are few uh, sources that they're listing here mm-hmm. that are basically for the business community and investors and people interested in buying stock, like Forbes. That's why they're talking about it. Investor Place. That's why they're talking about it. I think it's just interesting to see how much interest there is even from a business perspective right now in stock at ZeniMax because of this game. Well, I guess. The last time I looked at it, ZeniMax owns a bunch of different game studios. ZeniMax Online Studios, I think one of the youngest of them. Bethesda Game Studios. Um, there's, there's a huge list. Obsidian, I believe they also own. And ZeniMax is sort of like a, a large company that's, I believe, uh, traded on like the, the French. I think they're they're a French company and they're traded on the, the French uh, public stock. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily know if that's if that's got a tremendous amount of weight. You know, here here in, in the States. Um, but you know, who knows? Maybe. So, yeah, there you go. If you live in France, you can trade Zenimax. Shaq, you can't <laughs> you can't trade uh, Zenimax stock here in, in the States, can you? Dude, I literally like have no idea. <laughs> I guess that's sort of what <laughs> but... I'm stuck on, because the last I heard, like, you know, last I remember, I mean, I went to school for business. I can't even I don't think you can. I. I don't recall seeing their name on any index. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I don't think you can, man. Yeah. I, I really don't think you can because I'm pretty sure uh, Americans aren't allowed to own land in another country. But, I mean, it's not just Americans that listen to our show. <laughs> well, I know. But I'm I'm saying... <laughs> I only know so about American point. laws. I'm not going to go speak for more. No, no, no. I was just yeah. referring to, you know, who lives in the, the lawless the... land of England. <laughs> Forget them. John's got a good point. Yeah, it's, that is true. That is true. Um, so, so there you go. Uh, congratulations. Elder Scrolls Online hits uh, a bunch of most anticipated lists. And I got to tell you, it's, it's our most anticipated game of, of 2014. So, so I'm glad yeah. to see this. ESOTR. No, it's our third. It's our third, right? <laughs> Behind. Well, uh, before we get into our, our next discussion point, uh, I suppose what we want to do is just sort of shout out one of our first sponsors. Um, and the uh, it's the first time that, that uh, Audible is sponsoring Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Now, you can... Um, <sighs> I mean, do you guys do you guys do Audible at all? You yes, you do, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, love it. I, I, I don't I, because I'm I'm actually deaf. 
You're deaf. So you're, you're not audible. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I, I don't because I can't read. <laughs> I love uh, – this, this is uh, my, my – how uh, <laughs> should I put it? My, it was my Christmas gift to myself, I like to say. So I got it right here on my phone. I don't even know if you could see that with the glare, but it's, it's there. And if you go to audibletrial.com, audibletrial.com forward slash quest gaming network, you can sign up for a 30-day free trial of Audible service. Get yourself a free audiobook right over there, audibletrial.com forward slash quest gaming network. And uh, you can, for Elder Scrolls fans out there, there's, uh, there's two novels in the Elder Scrolls series that were written. They're on Audible. Uh, you may want to check out The Infernal City by Greg Keyes, which I'm actually listening to right now. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's not bad. It's all right. I'm 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 sort of waiting for it to get better. Um, and it is. Slowly but surely, it's, it's getting a little better. And also, book two is Lord of Souls by Greg Keyes as well. And uh, these, these two books take place 40 years after the Oblivion Crisis. What do you think, what do you think of the, the books so far, John? Um, I'm enjoying it, actually, because while it does take place 40 years after the Oblivion Crisis, there is a ton of knockbacks and nods to the Oblivion Crisis. Um, and so far, I mean, The Infernal City is, I believe, the first book, and... It's been interesting for me, the uh, the floating city of, is it Umbriel? Umbriel, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I, so I'm, I'm pretty intrigued as to find out what's going on there. Uh, again, you can get that book. You can get that for free. The Infernal City, Elder Scrolls novel, book one by Greg Keyes. You can get that for free, but you have to go to the link, audibletrial.com forward slash quest gaming network. Sign up for a, three, a free 30-day trial and you can get infernal city for free there you go audible trial shank have you read that book at all no and you know what i i was reading the the notes here and and then i got to that line they take place 40 years after the oblivion crisis and my my interest immediately peaked you're not gonna like the book shank because uh there's an argonian in it yeah, you're, I'm you're gonna flip the table now. <laughs> uh, but so I mean, like, wh- so what? What I? Wh- I mean, now, now I'm like genuinely interested here. Like, what? Would I like it? Like, what's the general? Do you like heroic Argonians? No. Then no. You <laughs> yeah, you may not like it. Uh, there is a well. There's more than there's more than one central character in the story. Um, there, it, it sort of goes on like a like a a different a whole bunch of different kinds of characters that take on different quests uh, that sort of meet up in the middle regarding this floating city uh, called Umbriel, uh, which may or may not be from a plane of oblivion. And you know, you start off in Black Marsh, and uh, two characters that come from Black Marsh make their way over to this floating city after hearing about it. And then there's some political intrigue in w- as well uh, that sort of, you know, sparks up. And then, so like I said, I'm, I'm maybe about halfway through the book, so I, I don't have a grasp on the story just yet. Uh, what I can say is that, you know, it's, it's slow at first, it starts to pick up, and then I'm really interested to see how things turn out in the second book because it's, it's uh, both are very highly rated on, on Audible, but 
Uh, the book is a high. The second book is is rated a little bit higher. I think it's got like full five stars or something. Sweet. Yeah. So that's it, man. Uh, and again, like I said, free. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network. All right. Um, more than enough time dedicated to those jerks. God. Oh, thank you very much for sponsoring. <laughs> <laughs> Cares about those guys. <laughs> uh, I care. I care about uh, our good old friend here on our Quest Gaming Network forums. Who asks a really awesome question? Player home instances. And you can you can find this on the uh, Quest Gaming Network forums, which is uh, oh man, John, help Quest me out with it. QuestGamingCommunity.com. Quest yeah, buddy. Dave, help me out with it. QuestGamingCommunity.com. Shank, help me out with it. What? Are you serious? You just broke the Way wave, dude. The <laughs> Shank, you're fired. Leave. <laughs> suck i hope you wake up tomorrow with argonian scaly skin all over your body (laughs) (laughs) go upstairs in the tavern at the roxy in here go to sleep and i'll uh you know uh, a vampire is gonna bite you and then i'll laugh i think i'm just gonna go to the cave up the hill i think i have a better chance with With the necromancer yeah a bartender told me there's a necromancer over there we're gonna kick her butt in later (laughs) so this comes from ian seeley and ian says we found out a while back that there are doors that we can't open. And he's talking about in Elder Scrolls Online. Why not make those locations purchasable instanced homes as part of future content releases? The idea is that multiple players can own the same outside location in a city, but you sleep inside and only see your stuff. Solves the ghost town problem and the non-accessible area problem. Would be nice to be able to get your decorations and statues as drops off of enemies to put around your house. Oh, the possibilities. Okay. Immediately. I have a question. What is the ghost town problem? Dave, the ghost town problem is what you see in games like SWOTOR where you are required to use your player housing to move from area to area. Um, you see this in other games where you can select the area you can exit from player housing or where player housing can be placed anywhere and isn't required for you to walk through a town to get to. It When, when the player housing is more accessible than a town and where a player housing can is, is has stuff in it that makes it so the town is moot, people stop using towns, obviously, because it's easier right. to go back to your house and there's less clutter of people there. You want people in the towns because it makes the game feel alive. So you need to make sure that the player home isn't ridiculously accessible or too inviting. But at the same time, you want it in a place where people will pass by it to get to it. And you want it to where it's just enough for people to want to use it. Now, I completely agree with this statement in saying that stuff should drop off of enemies because I've always touted that we want more carrots on a stick, and this is a great way to add it in. Gotcha. Okay. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Shank, I... Well, John, I'm... What do you think? I mean, uh, regarding regarding this, 
it's something I'd like to see. Um, I think he brings up a good point. Uh, you know, because there's some towns that in the beginning of a game or in beginning of some MMOs that you'll never go to again simply because when, once you clear out that kind of quest hub, there's no reason for you to be there. So I think opening up those homes inside these towns and giving that, making them purchasable to players, uh, I think this guy's right, Ian Silly. Um, it would give you a reason to go back to these smaller towns. And uh, who's to say maybe in Ciro they'll Kavach is like a little quest hub, but you're never going to see it once you complete those quests. So to give you a reason to go back to Kavach, they open up the area for to make it purchasable for player homes and gives people a reason and incentive to go back to these areas. Now, that's that's not to say that you can expect player housing in Elder Scrolls Online either soon or ever at all. Uh, they have not announced that's something that they're even thinking about. Um, they have said that it won't be in at launch. Um, I guess generally speaking, though, and we, you know, we'll go around, we'll go around the old tavern table here. I mean, do you, you know, Dave, I mean, is this something that you want to see in your, in your Elder Scrolls Online? You know, honestly, the one time I've ever enjoyed player housing, which is damn near exactly what is being described here by Ian, is Final Fantasy XI. Yes, 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 if yes. I, I loved it because it was in the very middle of one of the busiest towns on the server. You had to pass through everybody to get to it, mm-hmm. and there was no real reason to to stay in it other than sprucing it up however you felt. Yeah. You, you had no real gain for staying in your player housing, but it was right in the middle of town, so you could walk out and be with the people in the crafting area or at the, the auction house. And it makes it feel alive when people are enticed to come back to the town to mingle. What what I liked about about uh, player housing in um, Final Fantasy Eleven Online was the fact that you never actually saw the outside of the house. You you zoned into a residential area in the town, and it automatically puts you inside your house. I thought that was great because you, you're not. You're not too concerned about what the outside of your house looks like. It's not lore-breaking at all. Um, it's not... You don't have to expand on the size of the town the more people that want to buy real estate in the town. It's just this tiny little area. You just go running right into it. It's the... You know, it's a street that looks like it just goes on and on and on into a residential area. You zone through that, and bam, you're inside your house. I thought that was great. And if... Elder Scrolls Online does some kind of player housing thing, I would definitely be interested in it looking like that. Now, how do you feel about housing, like, multiple houses? Because that's something that you've seen in previous incarnations of this game, is new major town, new house. What do you think of having, having different price ranges for different sizes? That's exactly what I was kind of thinking uh, when Navarro was going around and saying, you know, how do you guys feel about this? This mm-hmm. has been kind of in Elder Scrolls, or at least it was in Skyrim, with the Hearthfire, or, yeah, Hearthfire, Hearthfire yeah. Uh, DLC. That added the homes, plus you could buy the homes already, mm-hmm. uh, the five and the five holds. And then, you know, the modding community has done a ton of player homes and created... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, their own version of the build your home thing that runs in Hearthfire. So I think that 
it, it would be very fitting in an Elder Scrolls game to let you, one, see the house that you're going to purchase. I don't think that they should, if they're going to put in player housing, I would like them not to go the Final Fantasy XI route. I think in Skyrim there, or in Elder Scrolls games, there's something to the immersion in them that you want to see the outside of that house. Um, you want to walk through the town. You want to walk up the road to get to that house. You want that full effect. So I don't think you take that away. I would love the idea, like Dave was saying, of making them like different tiers based on how the aesthetics look outside the house. Maybe you don't open every building that has a door you can't open. But if there's like a very nice, expensive-looking one, then maybe a little dingy one inside of a town, and then somewhere in the middle, and they are priced accordingly, I think that would be pretty cool. Shank. I think, okay, let me start with this. Housing for me in <laughs> Elder Scrolls games are, is something very, very personal. I spend a lot of time uh, literally HGTV Elder Scrolls. That's, I, do, I spend a lot of time on that. I think it's there's such – and forgive me because I haven't played Morrowind in the previous games, but I know in Oblivion, I know in Skyrim, and especially having modded uh, – you know, delving into mods with Skyrim and the housing mods there, there's – housing is, is something that's quintessentially an Elder Scrolls thing. Um, I, I love the fact that you can go to any of the major cities in Skyrim and Oblivion and uh, buy the house. And I think I forget. I think Ivar, when you mentioned that there, you know you have different tiers of housing, and it makes sense. Like house in Solitude is more expensive than one in Riften. Um, I think it's great. I I think that uh, I agree with Supa. First of all, player housing I think should be an Elder Scrolls Online. But I don't think it's a game-breaking feature to not have it at launch. Um, what I, I mean by I that is if they patch so it in. I'm sorry. I don't think it's a game-breaking launch, uh, no. game-breaking uh, thing no. to not have. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, so um, you know, if it, if it gets patched, I think it's first of all, I think it should get patched in. If it, if they can't make it at launch, that's completely okay. I understand why. Sure. Uh, but uh, I I strongly believe that it should be um, included in the game, and I agree with Supa in that. Part of the immersion is the fact that, you know, you, you go, you know, you buy your house and you walk down the road and then you finally get to the location and you can actually see the exterior of the house. And you're like, you know what, that's mine. There's I think there's something very, very special and personal to see that is mine. Oh, you I, know? I agree, dude. I mean, 110 percent. I agree with you. But the thing is, is that when you translate when you translate that into an MMO, it's it's going to be either the more people that buy houses, there's going to be more houses in the game, or you're going to have 30 people zoning into your house and it's their version. They, they could fix that. Well, if they instanced each. Yeah, if they you know, put it like, like a phasing in front of it. Right. Yeah, let's to make it look story. like you're the only person approaching it. It would have that feel of you're the only one. Right. And I, I guess that's what I meant is, um, you know, if, if you do that, if you introduce that sort of phasing within, you know, as you approach your house, that it will it, it will look it will look different to you. I think that will that would uphold the, the illusion that this is yours. This is unique and that you can walk in there and you can customize it, do whatever you want with it. Um, cool. Or they could make the phase that you're the, the area that your house is in, like you go through a gate 
and then the gate closes and in in there is a sectioned off area where you can walk in that is the outside of your house that you can spruce up however you want and then you can go inside your house that would yeah, be so awesome sort of like a, like a courtyard garden area right, right in front of it yeah in, yeah in actuality that's everybody's house but right, exactly. you're zoned to only see your house right mm-hmm. and i think that could work um i think again i i strongly believe it should be in the game at some point um you know i it's for for somebody like me who who really really enjoys um doing that kind of stuff decorating it you know going in there and forging all my armor and, and i'm sure there's many of you guys listening out there that that are like me that like doing that um i think it's an important piece is it game breaking no um but i still believe that it really should be in the game <laughs> Dave, right <laughs> Right? <laughs> how do you have your How do you have your 3ds all queued up and ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> okay, just in case anyone can't read that, Animal Crossing, just uh-huh. a little bit. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what we're talking about here, isn't it? May- maybe it is. <laughs> it is, but it's also. I mean, I just I love having that personal space in Skyrim of yeah. a house as opposed to a banker in MMORPGs. Yeah, that's terrible. Where there's like 400 people standing right up against it, all up on right? each other. It's like I, I don't know if I so should be dropping my valuables around these folks. What do yeah. you think? Do what do you think of the possibility of this actually coming out? I mean, do you think this is you know more oh, likely yeah. than not? Oh yeah, eventually it will come out. Hell, it's coming out so, in the next expansion of WoW. Dave, After what? Twelve <laughs> expansions. They're so finally Dave, putting it out. Dave says more likely than not. Dave, you think first year? Um, I would say by second expansion. Second expansion. What do you think, John? You think likely, not likely? First year. What? What? What's the timetable? You think if likely? Um, I don't know. I think we've been seeing kind of first year MMO launches. It's a lot of polishing, bug fixing. Maybe that big DLC release. Do I think player housing will be it? No. So I think you're looking into maybe the second year, second round of DLC or expansion. Okay. What about you, Shank? What, what do you What do you think? You think we're going to see player housing in Elder Scrolls Online? I would certainly hope that it gets in there, but I don't think realistically it would be included until spring 2015. Yeah. I think we're going to see it. I think I think it's definitely going to happen. I think it's going to happen in the first year. I think the reason why I think that is because they've been working on um, post-launch content for many months already. Uh, they've been open about that. And I think one of the things they are working on is is probably going to be player housing. Because it is an Elder Scrolls. I mean, I know from walking around in Oblivion that, that it's there. I don't know about Morrowind, but I, I do know that it's it's there in Oblivion. I, I would like to say one thing real quick. If they put it in Check, there... we got all night. <laughs> all right, cool. So I'll take the next four hours. Uh, go for it. Uh, well, on, well. on route to go to that Necromancer's Cave. But anyway. Indeed. Um, <laughs> I think um, if, if they put it in, I really, really, really think that they need to do it um, like uh, Dave just talked about with, with the phasing. So that it does seem like... This is listen. This is your personal space. This is your house. Look at this. You bought it with your money, so yeah. it gives you that that sense of self and that unique. You feel unique. I think that's yeah. incredibly important. Um, I mean, I I I I wouldn't really like it if I saw like 
um, somebody in the chat room said like 10 other people kind of waiting to go in. But you, as Dave said, if they do some kind of phasing instancing thing, where as you walk up to it or you, you like load into like your own little personal space, I think that gives you a little bit of breathing room and it also makes it seem like, look, man, like this is your house. You bought it. You know? Right. I, Can anyone else picture Shank running out of his house at the 10 people standing out front and yelling at him to get off his lawn? <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> I would. I, I would. I actually would. Get off my lawn! I'm just saying, you know, Animal Crossing is how I think they should do this. You should start with a tiny house and you should build up higher and higher and higher big ones. But just like Animal Crossing, it's fenced in. It's kept to your own and that's your house within that area. That's how they should do it. They shouldn't let people walk up to your house unless they're invited. I I hate I hate to say that on an Elder Scrolls podcast that the way Elder Scrolls Online should have its player housing is by following Animal <laughs> 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 It's going to hurt. I know it's going to hurt, but you got to say it. Come on. I what I what I will say is that I think Dave has some nice ideas. <laughs> I'll say if you're listening, Dave, uh, Dave, hold up your 3DS real quick. There you go, right there. <laughs> There you go, right there. Little Just Animal Crossing it. love for you. Some DX11 on that, we're all good. We're all good. Some DX11. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Just 3D. slap you some DX11 on, on, on that. Yeah. I made it 3D. There you go. See what you can do about that, Dave. Go ahead. Get it all up in there. Kills your eyes. Yeah, it does. 3D. 3DS is awesome. But, uh, I'm just going to text Paul Sage right now and tell him, let him know we solved the housing problem. <laughs> Next up, Chicago. That housing problem. <laughs> we'll solve that too. Uh, I don't know about that. So, we're good, but we're not that good. We're not that good. Um. All right. So, I'm really, really interested in what's going to come out of this this next talking point because this is something that I think all of us can sort of just throw around. Like like a bunch of sorority girls and pillows and their their underwear for like I'm hours. Be the brunette. On. I'm, I call the brunette. I'm, I'm gonna be the brunette. <laughs> just giggling like a bunch of sorority girls. So, uh, <laughs> uh, build discussion. Oh God! Any Elder Scrolls game, any build, favorite builds. How? I guess I guess one of the first questions I want to ask is how do you build your character in Elder Scrolls and and if maybe that's not that's not interesting enough for you then what are some what are some builds that that you have seen or you've recently thought of that have inspired you to make a whole new Elder Scrolls character in any of the games and just figured you'd try out or what what build have you played in a game that played completely differently in in another Elder Scrolls game? So like if you if you went sword and board in in Skyrim and uh, you tried it in Oblivion, it wasn't it didn't feel the same way. Or or you had a two handed you know sword character in in uh, Morrowind and it, it felt better in Skyrim or something like you know. What, what do you think? And I, I guess we'll we'll start with Shank. Um. It's it's really interesting because as ev- as everybody knows, I, I I'm very biased towards the the stealth uh, marksman play style. Um, that being said, even though I create 
many stealth archers. Every single playthrough is totally different for me. Um, but specifically, I, I you're talking about, you know, did you get inspired by something? And, and I actually did because I was flipping through. Oh, what do you got there? This what? right here. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> What is that? That is uh, that's an original Oblivion. Oh, they made Oblivion toilet paper. You know what, Dave? Up, get Dave. off the call. Wow, <laughs> you're so mean. This is the Oblivion <laughs> strategy guide, and um, if you can tell that it's the original one because it says for PC and Xbox 360, meaning that <laughs> this was even before PS3 the PS3 convert version came out, and I didn't even bother taking off the price tag. Um, this to me, this to me, is the Bible. <laughs> okay, this is the Old Testament. And this is the New Testament right here, the Skyrim one. Oh, man. Oh, well, there's our hate mail for the week. Yep. You wonder where it was coming from, Avarwin. There it is. There it is. There you have it, folks. So the Pope do- doesn't like Shank anymore, although he does understand why we would feel Jesus is the Dovahkiin. In here, there are archetypes for sp- uh, certain builds. Um that you can choose. And I generally favor, as I said, the marksman bow, but there was one class that I saw, um, in oblivion when I was creating it, it's called the scout class. Now the scout class, it's got uh, like a bunch of major skills. Uh, they're, they're basically, I wrote them down. Hold on. So there, there's armorer, athletics, blade block, light armor, alchemy, and acrobatics. And I thought, you know what? That's really cool. And because I have never, ever done blade and marksman, blade block and marksman in tandem. Never. I've never done that. I've done blade or I've done marksman. Never together. And I was looking at it and I read the description and it, it looked very interesting. I was like, you know what? I, let me try this because this this will make me play differently because instead of ranging everything, instead of mar- uh, shooting everything from far away and if they get close, I'm, I'm kind of screwed and very vulnerable. This time I can like shoot them from far away. They get in close. I do have a blade and I do have a shield to block myself with, you know? So I was like, let me try this. So what I did was I actually made like a hybrid. And this is actually on a stream from a couple days ago, which you can find on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork. Hey-o. And my specific build, if, if you guys out there want to try it, so I am trying out these major skills, armor, athletics, blade, block, light armor, marksman, and sneak. I chose the wood elf as a race. The thief as a birth sign. Um, I chose stealth as a specialization, and my two attributes were uh, strength and endurance. I believe. How'd it work out for you? You know what? I'm about two and a half, three hours into it right now, and I have to say, it's I really, really like it. It's 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 familiar enough with the marksman and stealth, but it's new enough that I I'm, I'm forced to use my blade, and the, the the combat it really does change because I I use my bow as normally. And then they come in close and you have to – I mean you really do have to think about how you fight very differently because I can't just you know keep backpedaling and shooting. I have to actually prepare myself and fight. I really like it um, considering I walk everywhere. My athletics is leveling up quite nicely. So it's – I recommend it. If it's, it's, it really reminds me of kind of like a ranger class-ish um, if you want to try it, feel free. I, I'm loving it. Mm. Um, the Wood Elf obviously is my favorite race. Um, so if – you should. You guys should try it if you, anybody well, listening, hold, watching. It's, hold it's on awesome. one I'm second, Shank. Um, John, do we do we have a link for Amazon.com? Do we have an Amazon.com link for the uh, the Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion Strategy Guide? 
Uh, yeah, we do. Let me find it real quick. All right, hold on a second here. Let me let me see if I can just sort of like drop this thing here and. Oh wait. There you go. Maybe the chat room would be interested in, in that. And um, all right, get this bad boy up. So I, I found it actually here on uh, Game of the Year edition. Got it. I mean, this is this is awesome stuff, man. Dude, I'm I'm telling you, there are. This is one of few books that I've actually read, mm. cover to cover. Read. I'm not making this it. up. I've read it. <laughs> this thing is so battle worn. It I've had this since 2006. Now this this build that you got, um, you you got it from this this guide. Well, no. So so the actual there are archetypes in this book. So they will say like, hey, okay, if you are a mage combat, here's a, here's a suggested build. If you are a stealth thief, here's a suge- suggested build, and it's all within like the first couple of pages. But the actual classes the pre-made classes um i got this idea from looking at the actual pre-made scout class in oblivion in when you're in the sewers and you have to you know pick your class etc and i saw it in there um and i was like that looks really cool these skills look um that they will complement my play style while still like teaching me like something new about the game so it was actually from the game itself where i picked this up um and I, I yes, I, I did finagle a little bit. I did a kind. I added a couple skills and I removed a couple skills. But it it is effectively the scout class in Oblivion. Um, I'm really loving it, man. It's so awesome. I really really like it a lot. It's awesome. Cool. You know, oh man, I had something I wanted to bring up too, and I totally totally forgot. Oh, well, actually, right. I had a question to ask Shank about his um his class experience because he kind of plays very similar to how I play with the marksman build. Um, and I was wondering, in Oblivion, do you find it easier to just use your bow straight out in the beginning? Because I felt that me going from Skyrim, uh, playing that first, to Oblivion, I feel that in Skyrim, I was using my bow almost exclusively. And now in Oblivion, I feel the need now to specialize in a blade more so than I did in Skyrim. Yeah, um, I I believe um, that the marksman system and just marksman overall in Oblivion is more difficult than it is in Skyrim. Um, and to that effect, I find myself – I mean you really need to sneak a lot more when you're doing a bow. Um, you know, If you see at bandits a ways, don't just shoot them. I would strongly re- recommend taking the extra couple seconds, crouching, getting the sneak bonus in there. So when they do run at you, you've taken out you know a decent chunk of their health. Um, but yeah, I do believe it's a, it's a more difficult play style in Oblivion compared to Skyrim. But it's very rewarding because you do it makes you think about how you approach situations differently, which I really appreciate because it's a much more passive style. But it's it's a lot more deliberate, a lot more methodical. I'll say that much. I'll say from from playing. Uh a sneak sort of sneak archer um, sneak uh, sword guy in, in elder scrolls uh, oblivion. Everything I've had to do has been, has to be far more thought out. You know, you can't just, you can't just go running in there, uh, you know, 
going nuts, uh, feeling like, you know, okay, my armor and my shield is going to take care of me because, in fact, it's not. So you, you really got to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it definitely is. Um, sort of off topic, I suppose. Anyone, anyone sort of when they play Skyrim, you, you, you sort of feel like it's, it's kind of after, after playing the other Elder Scrolls games, you sort of feel like maybe it's just a bit too Easy. stripped. Simplified. I, no, I don't, I don't want to say simplified. All. No, no, I don't want to say simplified. It's just, it's not, it almost doesn't feel like Elder Scrolls almost compared to the other, the other previous games. Because there's that you don't have that kind of character sheet in the beginning. It sort of feels a little, and I said this earlier, and it's a bad word for it because it's just a bad word. But I, I sort of feel like it's a bit antiseptic, you know, like it's just been kind of stripped of, of some personality. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, one of the things that I really because you don't pick star signs and stuff like that. I think that's one of the things too that that I. I sort of picked up from the other games that I sort of wish was in Skyrim is, is the fact that, you know, you can, they have those, those pre-made builds where you, you can go in there and, and choose all these, these awesome pre-made builds, or you can choose to, you know, do whatever you want. And, and it's not like it's not there in Skyrim. It's just not on the forefront. It's not obvious. You know, when I'm building my character for the first time in Skyrim, I don't have this awesome little this little scroll looking thing saying, "Hey, do you want to be a knight, or do you want to be a barbarian, or do you want to be a spell sword, or do you want to be a knight blade?" And you know, like I, I sort of miss that. I I I completely understand because, like, when you, yeah. for example, on I know Varwa, me and you have talked about this a little bit, but mm. in Oblivion, you hit, uh, uh, you know, you open up your menu, and what does it look like? It looks like faded parchment, doesn't it? Yeah. There's frayed edges on the edge of the UI. It's not. It's not clean. It's not pristine. It's not sterile. It. It is very right. much a an, an, archa- an archaic looking, rustic, authentic. You feel like, oh, I opened up somebody's journal. I opened up somebody's map. Yeah. You know. Now that being said, when you when you open up books in Skyrim, fantastic. Absolutely not. Does I don't have that that sterile feeling, um, but even like, and I, I've mentioned this about the UI in Skyrim too. Like it's, it feels very sterile, but at the same time, uh, it's not just the UI either. I you know picking out my class, it, it feels it feels very new age, very sterile, and not very Elder Scrollsy. Dave, you, you look like you're chomping at the bit. You got something? Yeah, I found that that whole pick these things and that'll help you level up and everything else won't to be a hindrance and a waste of time. I agree. I felt that Skyrim allowing you to level up, up off of every play style at the same time was yep. a beautiful design choice. I agree. And that honestly is what made me stay with Skyrim and is what drove me away from games like Morrowind and Oblivion. John, what do you um, got? It, that's, in essence, what stopped me from playing. Because when I originally played Oblivion, and I've recounted this a few times, I wanted to be a spellcaster. But I guess I picked something wrong. So even trying to be a spellcaster, I had to have just the right spells to craft, just the right way to do this and that. If I crafted a, a spell wrong, I had no idea what I was doing. So I ended up being terrible. I spent 
hours just trying to craft spells in a basement. You know what? Just I, to try to play the damn game. I, I, you know what, Dave? After after thinking about it for a couple of seconds, I I actually disagree with you. I I don't I don't want to be able to do everything in that game. I want to I want to have limitations. I want to feel I want to feel challenged by my personal limitations as as a player because I am challenged by my personal limitations as you know as as a person. I'm not. As a person, I'm not. I'm. I'm mild. Right. You know, I'm. I'm smart, yeah, but I'm not we the smartest spoke person about ever. This earlier, right? Yeah. Saying that um, everybody can do everything, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be great at everything. But um, in Skyrim, you have a chance to be a great, a great at everything. Right. Skyrim, you have a chance to be great at everything. Yeah. Now, when I first originally played Oblivion, I remember picking a class. Couldn't tell you which one. Of to kill me anyway, what a class <laughs> i didn't know that you could actually make your own class or else i would have and i probably would have had a great time doing it yeah um now in in skyrim i enjoy the way they have the spells set up i enjoy that you just walk into the game and you're in it and you're ready and you don't have to worry about you know shaking hands with 15 people just to get get in the game and get your class mm-hmm. i like that I like that it's it's immediate, but it's a different game. It's a different play style, and I agree that it doesn't have that same feel as the previous uh, Elder Scrolls games. Um, now, unfortunate for the people who enjoy that, it's from what we played at PAX, from what we're seeing, I don't know, for good for people who love Skyrim, is that this the Elder Scrolls Online seems to be hand-in-hand hand with Skyrim, doesn't it? where you can pretty much do everything if you put the time toward it. I mean, I, I, honestly, I'm going to enjoy that. But what I really enjoyed about Skyrim, more than anything else, which, honestly, I, I had a problem with, with uh, uh, Morrowind, because I just, I couldn't find what I needed. I guess it's just because I didn't progress far enough. But I really liked in Skyrim that I could build... A, a tank. Mm. Man, I love building a tank. Yeah. You know, and when I played Diablo, Diablo 2, I had a druid tank, mm-hmm. and I loved him. God, I loved him. And that translated <laughs> when I picked up Skyrim, too. I I enchanted to make myself a tank. I used uh, armor uh, spells, bark skin, things like that. Right. I loved it. God, I loved it. And, you know, that's really what drove me to keep playing that game is because I used to to mix potions. Like, I I would drink my alchemy potion to make better potions. And then I would drink my uh, uh, potion to to help me make my weapons and armor more legendary. Mm -hmm. And then I would drink a potion to make my enchanting better and stack all these different enchants up to the point where dragons wouldn't even breathe fire at me anymore. Yeah, I remember it was a waste you, of time. I remember you telling me that. But I, yeah. I, I promise that now this is all related, guys. Our builds and, and this discussion on on you know this antiseptic sterile feeling that that we get in in Skyrim versus the other Elder Scrolls games. Um, John, I want to I want to sort of give you the chance now to to sort of answer on on the that newer that newer topic. Yeah, I uh, I definitely think I prefer the Skyrim. UI 
to the Elder Scrolls. Um, while the Elder Scrolls games have those cool, the parchment and stuff like that, and they're all game tropes, though. It's, hey, this is your character sheet. Hey, this is... So that's kind of immersion-breaking to me. Uh, in yeah, Skyrim, it's all minimalistic, simple displays, simple menus, or at least once you get SkyUI in there, simple menus, uh, <laughs> that look real clean and minimal. So I prefer that approach, the minimal, clean look, so that what I'm focused on is the game that they've made and the world they've made for me, not the clutter in the menus and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I actually found it difficult to go through Oblivion uh, using the the book. I found it very difficult. And then as far as like the class thing goes, I'm with uh, you guys, though. I would like to see it kind of go back to that old. I would like you to pick a class again. Mm. I don't think that everyone should be able to do everything in Skyrim. Because um, if you're spending all this time going through all these adventures as a sword and board, should you be able to retire at a good young age in the College of Winterhold and all of a sudden start learning magic? Uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, obviously that, that, that's right. What I'm doing, <laughs> you know? Um, so Navarro, you, you yeah. don't like the idea of, yes, you go through the, you walk the steps of a mage, mm-hmm. but you stop and say, okay, well now I want to start from the ground up as a warrior. I mean, if you're playing any of the other games, you'd have to basically restart your character yeah. in Skyrim. Stop doing what you're doing, and you go and you progress your character still through a but different what about, path. What about the perk points that you spent in the other tree? Well, they're still spent, right? But how how are you going to get? Don't you stop receiving perk points after a certain level in Skyrim? Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's right. I don't know, man. I don't. Um, I mean, it's like. Yes, you can learn English. You can be the, an amazing writer, but you can stop learning English. You can go and learn Chinese. Yeah. And I, become proficient in that. I don't know why I prefer it the other way, but for some reason it just for some reason I do. Maybe maybe it's it maybe, could just be as simple as personal preference at this point. I think that that may be what it is. I I don't necessarily really understand why I feel that way, but there's there's just something about it that that sort of feels kind of like you know um uh everyone at the everyone at the little league lost the you know uh the team that that lost in, exactly. in little league today gets gets ice cream anyway. You know, it just feels like it's not. It's kind of, I mean, it sort of feels like communism, to be honest, you know? <laughs> well, look at it this way. When when I'm putting it together, I'm not looking to to start out amazing or to have all my skills set mm-hmm. up amazing. I'm looking at in-game, just like I do with any game. I, I look at in-game and where I want to end up, not where I am at the moment. So when I'm when I'm looking at all these things and I see... I need this one random perk out of out of a magic's tree, and I need this one random perk out of a thief tree, and this one out of a warrior, to all combine together to make me ridiculous. Well, and, maybe it's a, oh god. Well, I'm I'm just saying is that I'm not I didn't feel that I could mix and match as effectively in Oblivion and Morrowind as I do in Skyrim, but at the same time everything's open to you in Skyrim, so of course you can yeah. mix and match. So but I. 
Go ahead, John. I wonder yeah. if that's like maybe that's what the difference is. Dave is more of a min-maxer. He's trying to get the most optimal build he can get, whereas I think maybe a Varwin and myself, at least, I'm more like building a character and building a story. So for me, when you're picking that class, this is kind of like this is how I'm going to interact with the world based on what class I choose, kind of. Like I'm going to be this heroic knight or I'm going to be this stealthy kind of in the dark underground of the world kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Shank, you, you had something. Yeah, I think – first of all, I, I prefer I, – I love the how open Skyrim is. I mean literally, yes, you can – if you sword and board, if you want to switch, you can switch. You you have that ability to switch. But that right. being said, I I do I prefer the Oblivion system um, because I feel like in the Skyrim system with that freedom, it kind of gives it gives me the feeling that okay, well, so then me investing like all those perk points, there's no real consequences to that. Whereas in Oblivion, when I make my character, I have to really sit and think. And they have a very – to me, they have a very real tangible consequence as I play the game. Um, so it, I, I personally like – because realistically in Skyrim, I have never found myself half switching uh, play styles halfway through. I've never found myself investing in more than five skills maximum. Usually I'm three or four. Mm. Um, and if you look at Oblivion, you have seven major skills. Okay, well, that that's seven skills that I work on in Oblivion versus realistically four, maybe five in Skyrim. So already for me, the way I play, I'm getting a more rounded – in some ways, I'm getting a more rounded experience in Oblivion than I am in Skyrim um, because I, I am forced to make that choice. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, for, for me, it has I, – I personally feel a greater impact with uh, picking major and minor skills uh, as I play the game yeah. rather than the open-ended kind of uh, system that Skyrim has. Even though yeah. I, I, the freedom that it gives you is great, I still prefer the more deliberate, and I keep saying these words, deliberate, methodical um, approach that Oblivion takes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There's, there's, I love the freedom of, of the Skyrim character-creating system. But at some point, I sort of feel like I'm I'm so overpowered that it it just doesn't become worthwhile mm. for me anymore. It doesn't hold my interest. Now, now let me let me explain a little bit about what I'm doing right now. I've got I've got a level 53 paladin. Same paladin I've been talking about for about, you know, probably about 2 thirds of this show's run. Um by oh, the way. Yeah, since forever. Since got same <laughs> character. <laughs> Um, I've got other characters that, that I play as well, but I, I always come back to this one. It's the one that's got the TARDIS mod on it. So much fun. <laughs> and uh, I I realize that I, it's time for a change for, for good old Paladin of Arwen. So I, I stripped all of my heavy armor, my sword and shield, and I decided to spend my, my retirement years at, in the Mage College and learn a different way of life. And then that sort of keys in the, you know, this guy can't even retire because look at what's going on in the mage college. So I'm actually turning my paladin into a mage. But at any given point, 
I can always go back to the chest that I dropped all of my gear in, pick it all back up, and realign my my hot bar, my my hot bar in quotes, my favorites list, into the same stuff that I had, and be Paladin of Arwen who defeated Alduin, who defeated Mirak, you know, who who married Isolde. <laughs> oh, God. You I, too. You too. Oh, wait. What? That hoe! You guys... Oh, no. <laughs> Town bank! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so uh, it's definitely cool to have that freedom and to have that RP freedom and ability, but at the same time, I'm, I'm running around in there playing a mage. It's tough for now until I finally level up, and then it won't be tough anymore, and then I'm going to be... You know, drop it into sneak, putting on leather armor, and now I'm I'm sneaky of Arwen, and you know, it's just I I would rather experience the game all over again and be forced to make a brand new character and have the character a building system that exists in Oblivion, where if I want to make something crazy, I can, but if I want to follow these these preset things I can but if I I what no matter which way I go I have to be sure that throughout the entirety of my gameplay that those major skills I have to adhere to otherwise I'm not going to be effective I sort of like that challenge it's like the the meaning and permanence behind it yeah yeah I don't yep. know I don't know what it is about that because well, it, it's a different feel I completely agree if, if you have the taste for that then you gotta you gotta go get it, Varwin. I know what you're trying to say, and like, but like, there's no like way to describe it. But like, I know exactly like the, the emotion that you're talking about right now. It's something that it's such a it's such a specific feeling that you get only by experiencing one play style for a long time, one building style, building experience for a long time, and then the other building experience for a long time, and. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I've never quite felt that way before, and, and I'm having a hard time putting it into words. But uh, yeah, that's. I think I, I definitely, I definitely feel that way. Now, how does this all relate into our favorite builds? Well, I, I think I don't think it's really too hard to to draw these comparisons at this point. Um, you know, I mean, my my favorite build is definitely the the heavy armor, sword, shield, or heavy armor with two handed weapon. And now in Skyrim, I've sort of you know. I'm walking the the uh, the path of the mage, which is a very interesting gameplay, of course. Now, um, John, what what do you what do you think? I mean, what's your favorite build, and what what things do you have going on in in some of your Elder Scrolls games? How do you walk? Uh, let's see. In Skyrim, I'm playing a um, a wood elven ranger, pretty much. So. He lives off the land. He hunts constantly skinning because I run a few mods that kind of require me to gather resources. So I'm constantly trying to get uh, venison to grill up and make some food to sustain my guy. That's it. And I need the hide to create, uh, you know, warm cloaks in case I decide to go on a mission up to High Rothgar or tents uh, during my travels. So I need that. Uh, so he's kind of venturing through the land side, you know, with his bow. And when he has to, because he was not able to kill the enemy before they got in his face, he switches to a two-handed greatsword. 
Nice. What's, yeah. What's one of like the wildest builds that you, you, you can remember putting together? Um, a, and I never finished it. So now I'm probably gonna have to start another Skyrim playthrough and play through the beginning for the 80th time, but <laughs> I am going to make, and I am very interested in making this class a stealth mage that uses, uh, conjured weapons, illusion, magic, destruction, magic, and, uh, has the silent cast, uh, perk. Because I want to see if I'll be able to basically be the ultimate assassin. You can't even find the murder weapon, bro. That doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. I conjured it out of thin air. That sounds so awesome. I'm actually looking looking to get the uh, the silent casting thing because I do a lot of sneaking now that I'm now that Avarwin's wearing all uh, light armor. I can I can sneak like the best of them, and I'm looking to get that silent casting thing so I can get some of those. Sneak bonuses. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you told me any about any any of your crazy builds. Did we get into that? Uh, well, I spoke about my favorite ones, which is to stack a tank, uh, go all out in enchanting, and and get so much resistance to everything that you can't get touched. Yeah, uh, that's honestly my favorite. I like to do that, but my what I I like to stack on top of that is I am a conjurer through and through. I love conjuring. It, it, that's another class that I played in Diablo 2, if y'all ever hear, heard our old podcast, Diablo Off the Record. Yeah. If I wasn't playing my druid, I was playing my necromancer because I love summoning things, and I love being able to, you know, on the spur of the moment, oh, I need to shoot that guy. Conjured bow. <laughs> oh, I need to stab that dude in the face. Conjured sword. Conjured you know, sword. <laughs> it, I love having the ability to adapt while I'm I'm moving, but at the same time, be able to adapt using things that I'm already proficient in. And conjuration lets you easily swap between different things and level up things while getting the bonuses off of conjuration at the same time. Okay. Shank, what's a crazy build that you threw together that that you didn't think would work, or or and it did work, or it didn't work? Um, I made a mage in Skyrim, what I call a defensive mage. Um, I didn't think it would work, and I was shocked at how efficient it really was. Basically, it was illusion, um, and uh, conjuration, mm-hmm. and I think a little bit of restoration. Um, basically it was, it was crazy because conjuration, I would, uh, you know, walk into a, like a group of bandits. I would, uh, before I even got there, I would cast fury into them. So they would start killing each other. Then cast my Atronach would go st- there and start killing people. If I started getting attacked, that's okay. I would just start healing myself. I was shocked at how effective that was. Um, and for some reason, I, the easiest way I can think about it is a defensive mage um, because it's not, you know, overtly just destruction everything. I purposefully didn't choose destruction because I thought that was too cliche. Yeah, I remember you telling us about this build when you first came on the show. Well, yeah, like, like a year, year plus now. And yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. If if you guys should try it, it's it's kind of crazy, and it, it's you'll be surprised at how effective it really is. No, it sounds fun. It does. It does sound. I I do not have the 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 brass cojones to try that just yet, but 
right now, what I'm doing with with my uh, my Avarwin Mage is I'm sort of I'm sort of looking for that spell blade sort of feel. I yes, I created a Nordic mace, and I've got this enchant on there that does like I don't know ten. Ten, uh, one of every elemental damage. It does ten chaos. points of that. Yeah, exactly. Chaos. Oh man, beast! Yep. It's a beast of a of a yep. of a mace. It's so awesome. Made it myself. <laughs> so <laughs> proud. From these hands, I make the mace. <laughs> and um, I put that together, and and then now I carry like a like a destruction de- destro spell in in my hand. So. And I change that up between lightning strike or, you know, frost bolt or flames. And then I have, um, I have a uh, ward as well in, in that, in that, uh, that hand too, just in case I, I really need it. And it's been working out for me for, for a little bit. It's, it's definitely been a lot of fun. So, um, oblivion. My next character, I wanted I want to do something like that. I want to have some kind of like a spell blade type of of character. I have the class for you. Would you like to hear it? I would adore it. <laughs> uh, specialization, you want mage and mm-hmm. then you want your attributes um endurance and willpower. And then for your uh for your seven major skills, you're basically you're you're basically looking at alteration, block, blade, heavy armor, destruction, Illusion and restoration, and that as actually a that's a pre-created class, and it's called a cell sword, spell sword. Sorry, spell sword. How is that different from a battle mage? So the battle mage is ah, battle mage uses alchemy, blunt, and mysticism. So it's a little bit different in the fact that this this one the. The the battle mage is a little bit more um, tanky ish a little bit just because of the the way that you you spec out your character here and you're also using conjuration with your battle mage so the, it's definitely you know magic with a weapon support whereas a spell sword is more you're kind of you're kind of like a more evenly balanced hybrid between magic and combat versus the battle mage which is more magic with weapons and where you got that from the oblivion handbook um it's actually uh this is the elder scrolls wiki okay Um, what was that okay the elder scrolls wiki it's the elder scrolls wiki but when you start oblivion these are pre-made classes for you and it will tell you exactly what it is okay um and they tell you you know they'll actually even tell you this is a battle mage this is what it's for this is a spell sword this is what it's for so um Personally, my suggestion for you, Varwin, I would tinker on with those two. I would I would look at both of them and uh, mm-hmm. see which one you want to try. Or you can just create a custom one that's kind of a hybrid of both of these. Yeah. All right. Uh, wow. That was that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting to find out how everyone plays. Yeah, without it's a doubt. All, we're all completely different, which is pretty – I mean it's, I guess it's expected, really. Yeah, yeah, we have like one really good one and then you three. oh dave (laughs) well uh that's the end of our our discussion topics uh gentlemen and we want to talk a little bit about our next sponsor uh thanks so much guys for for sponsoring our show they make earbuds they make headphones and 
not only do they make them, they make them very, very well. Uh, great quality on these things. Fantastic quality. I mean, you you pick up a pair of these. You're spending anywhere between fourteen ninety five to thirty nine ninety five on their top end, but uh, the quality that comes out of these things, you swear you you spend a couple of hundred dollars. Um, I currently my favorite pair are these Miked Classic. Miked Classic, right here. These are unbelievable. I use these for. I'm using them right now, actually. Thirty four ninety five on their site. Free worldwide shipping. Don't worry, folks. It's thirty four ninety five. You don't have to pay to have them shipped out to uh, Tanzania. Transylvania, Siberia, wherever you're from, you get them shipped to you for free as long as you're not living on the moon or on Mars. Or Which else. I'm sure they could find a way. <laughs> I'm, sure, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will. Uh, temporarily out of stock, unfortunately, but um, they are. Those are fantastic. Let's uh, let's see right here. Tweaked Naturals. These are also my favorite. Well, not my favorite, but. One of the better ones as well, uh, $39.95 on their site. Again, you get the free worldwide shipping. What I like about these that I've been showing you is that they come with um, with a little microphone on them. So it, it's it's fantastic to put these things inside your your favorite uh, you know your favorite audio device, which for me is a cell phone, and I'm on the go. I got a call. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm jogging, and all of a sudden, I get a call. All I got to do is just hit that one button. Uh, Tweaked Parkour Two in blue has a microphone as well. Twenty nine ninety five on the site. Again, free worldwide shipping. If you use our code, though, off the record, all one word, you get yourself thirty percent off. And the fantastic customer service. In case anything happens to these things, well, that's free, and it's just a bonus. TweakedAudio.com, my friends. TweakedAudio.com. Thank you very much for sponsoring our show and everything we do here at Quest Gaming Network. Time for the dev question of the week. You guys excited? Yay. Totes. I know you're excited. Totes my goats. Totes my goats. Great question this week. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and play that for you. Hi, I'm Scott Nixon, lead content designer for The Elder Scrolls Online, and here's your question of the week. In The Elder Scrolls Online, you're able to customize your character from the abilities you choose to the way they look. We know lots of you also like making up personal backstories for your character. So what's your first character's backstory going to be? Pretty awesome question, huh? That is <laughs> pretty toughy. Uncanny that that's the question. <laughs> a little bit. Let's start with Dave. What's uh, what's the backstory for your <laughs> first Elder Scrolls Online character going to be? What do you think? Stay with me on this one. Oh boy, strap it. First off, it needs to be the most epic tale to ever touch Tamriel. Mm. It needs to have love, hate, remorse, everything that. It makes an epic that much more epic. My character is who they wrote the Lusty Argonian made after. So you're the Argonian. You're the Lusty 
Argonian maid. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) I accept that. (laughs) All right, I quit. I quit. (laughs) There goes Shank. We're just going to... I'm just gonna go with I'm gonna go with Shank of David. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> How do you follow that up? <laughs> you don't. It's done. We win. I'll tell you what, John. You're gonna you're gonna show us how you follow that up. What do you think? What's your <laughs> What's your? Story? Well, I mean, if Dave didn't set the bar so high, yeah, uh, lusty Argonian maid. How do you you can't follow that up? Uh, all right. Well. <laughs> In the Elder Scrolls Online, I'm going to start a uh, a Bosmer. Yeah. Okay. So a Wood Elf that uh, he's going to be an Archer. I already know this Ranger type, if you would, kind of what I'm playing in Skyrim right now. But his motivation is probably going to be. I mean, we we Mer built the White Gold Tower, and we can't watch you humans just about in it so we, we're going in and we're taking our tower back and you're gonna have to deal okay all right so that's that's part of that's part of your story um shank it's it's really and i said i said this was uncanny um because i actually wrote and this is a shameless plug the article that i wrote for this morning for our site was actually called story versus freedom Mm. Shank, give me a give me a link for that. Um, okay. Was it just on the on the QGN site? No, it's it's on the Elder Scrolls site. Let me pull it up. Uh, the one at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. 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 Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So the the link is uh. Here, I got it for the chat room. Got it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny cause I, I talk about in, um, in this article that I, I don't create backstories, um, that I don't like creating backstories. Um, you may ask why, why Shank? Why do you why, not Shank? do that? Why don't you create backstories, Shank? Why? Because, um, whenever I play an Elder Scrolls game, I want it to be me, um, in that in, in the game, so I want it to be an extension of Shank in Cyrodiil when I'm playing Oblivion. That's and why you normally play a woman named Dew. It's exactly so. <laughs> I I um, actually no, I'm actually playing a male Wood Elf in Oblivion. Uh, if you can tell me why, you get internet points. Um, but I I always want to create an extension of myself. I don't want to create a backstory because then, for me personally, I feel like this creates some sort of dissonance between me shank and that character whoever it is like it's so then because then i feel like it's i'm playing as a character uh i'll give you an example in tomb raider you're playing as lara croft so yes you do make decisions in the game um that might affect the story but fundamentally the story remains lara's story it's not my story but in oblivion in elder scrolls games you create your character right you you create the look of your character you pick the skills if it's oblivion and the class and your birth sign and all these things so it's you can make it incredibly personal um and for me personally if if i create some sort of concocted backstory i feel like this puts some sort of barrier between myself and the character so i always i never create a backstory i just go into the game 
pick my skills, uh, pick my appearance, and I just go do you know whatever because I feel like if I if I did create a backstory that would artificially limit me as to what I would do, if I say okay, I'm gonna play as this thief who was wronged, you know, and now I'm gonna be on this revenge quest. Well. If I stuck to my backstory, then I might only stick with the Thieves Guild. I might not necessarily do some of the other awesome quests, other awesome guilds uh, that the game offers, whatever the game might be. Um, and I feel like that limits your gameplay in a sense. So I, that's the reason I never create a backstory. I just kind of go. Okay. So uh, not applicable for Shank. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> N slash A. Right. Um. I I tend to the the story that I've sort of created for myself is that I'm going to play a Templar in Elder Scrolls Online, and he was a guard in um, one of the one of the Aldmeri Dominion controlled towns. Um, he's a Altmer elf, and he was a guard. Until uh, Molag Ball decides for some reason that he's the person that needs to be taken into uh, into his realm of, of Oblivion. When he comes back from that realm of Oblivion back into Tamriel, he is uh, he is blessed with the the powers of of a Templar um, since he protected people. His whole life, he he is now uh, blessed by from the Aedra to to wreak havoc against the undead and and save the people of Tamriel from Molag Ball's evil. That's what I got so far. <laughs> and just a friendly reminder: you are playing as Shank in Oblivion. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, I am playing as Shank <laughs> in Oblivion. So, uh, so that's it. Those are, those are our, our answers for the dev question of the week. Uh, did I skip anybody? No, I guess that's it. All right. So we are off and away onto our, onto the crafting table. Just fists, no weapons, no magic, no crying. Let's go. Never should have come here. Somebody help! Damn you. God, that BDSM gets worse every week. <laughs> real, such a beatdown. It's a real strong woman there. She's she's really giving it to that guy. You know, punching him right in the face. And... Yo, pineapple already! You can't take that much! <laughs> Safety words, pineapple! <laughs> Well, I suppose the dev the dev question of the week the uh, the mod of the week, my friends, mod challenge. Dave, turn the tables on me. Does that mean I need to announce? I can announce it for Evarwin. I shall ask you the question of the week pertaining to your play of last week's mod named Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf. Well, I I have to say that uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this mod uh, if if I encountered these bad wolves. <laughs> In fact, I feel like the mod should be renamed No Bad Wolf. 
Because I, I maybe have encountered two of these these things, and in my encounter with the bad wolf, really they just died. <laughs> so they're not so bad. They're not so bad. They're they're kind of like every other wolf in the game, where they attack you, and you attack back, and it dies, and it gives you some some wolf skins. <laughs> and that's and it. You kind of move on with life. Okay. And that was it. That was. I moved on with my life after that. And uh, this was the kind of mod where the the wolves in this game were mixed in with, with the normal wolves. But unfortunately, I, I found more normal wolves than the modded bad wolf. And uh, the bad wolf was supposed to be like a really nasty type of wolf for your level. And I was playing a level 53 uh, mage. Really a really a level 53 paladin that was dressed up like a mage with level 1 destruction <laughs> spells. So, uh, you know, I, it didn't pose any more of a challenge than any other character that I, I encountered in the game. So, uh, it's kind of pointless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, you enjoyed it so much. Did you actually get... You encountered some of these bad wolves, though, right? You encountered, you said, two? Yeah, there was there was two of them that I actually did encounter, and there was stomped over. Yeah, just sort of. Well, I wouldn't say stomped over because, like I said, I was playing um, a mage right. with very low level gear. Now, did spells. you pick up the items that were said to have dropped from these wolves? I guess it's some key to open a chest, right? I found. Yeah, I found a I found a key for. The TARDIS, I think. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I see what they did there. Oh, wait, no, it was the key to Gallifrey. That's mm. what it was. It was the key to Gallifrey. So for you Doctor Who fans out there, it's a, it's a mod with a, that makes a nice little so, nod to Doctor Who fandom. Other than the wolves being ridiculously weak, unlike what they were touted to be mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. Um, do you feel that the mod ran properly? I think it was running properly. Yeah, I didn't have any any issues. No at issues. All. Okay. Nah. So so Evarwin, now you would normally be the one asking us. So I'm going to ask you, how do you rate this mod? Five out of five. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. It's like man it hates was, it. And he's got to get the always vision. I, I no, I don't hate it. I just don't feel like I had the the opportunity to. I didn't. I don't feel like I had the luck in order to really rate it to be honest I, mean, I i can't really rate it because if i were to rate it on my on my experience then it would be it would it would be terrible but the fact is is that i think it was just my luck that these bad wolf mobs didn't spawn enough around me when there was an opportunity in which to do so and that was kind of it um so i i don't know i think it, it's the kind of thing that really requires a lot of game time to to feel the so the mod the kind of mod you'd recommend that if you want to try you try from the beginning of a new character yeah exactly and what i'm going to do is i'm not going to uninstall it i'm going to keep subscribing to it and i'm going to keep playing it and uh, if i have any kind of you know further experiences that that are better than the one i've already had after playing probably about you know 4 to 5 hours of this mod uh then i'll 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 say so but Four to five hours in, I only experienced two of the bad wolves. Um, probably not 
where the spawn percentage needs to be at this point. So I'll I'll have to say that's that's probably a good indication that that's not very good in the game in the mod. Uh, anything else? You know, I'll, maybe maybe I'll I'll be able to weigh in at some future point. But right now, I I really didn't get a chance to experience too much of it. So that's it. Um, new mod, however, uh, here's how the, the the mod challenge works here on the show. I'm going to announce who the challenge is for, and the host clicks on the link that I'm going to drop into the show notes. The host has until the next show one week to install and try out the mod. This mod goes out to Shank. Oh, boy. Me and my luck with mods. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, okay, let's see. Better Xbox 360 controller by Brathorsts. That's uh, B-R-A-T-H-O-R-S-T. And this is on uh, the... No, no, not the Nexus. Wow. The Workshop. The Workshop for Skyrim. For Skyrim. Yes, yes, yes. Um, What this is, if you use a 360 controller with the PC version, you normally have only two hotkeys for your favorites. Those are left and right on the D-pad. You hold those and assign them to items, spells, or shots that way. This mod adds six more on the, on the D-pad to that. So the two new ho- Oh, okay. So basically, if you look at your... Let me pull out my 360 controller. Mm. Uh, let me see. I don't even... Hopefully, you guys can watch this, see this. But uh, so here's your D-pad on the controller. Um, in Skyrim, you literally you, you you just have you know an option to pull up your favorites, right? Yeah. But in in what this is doing is that you have your four directionals and your diagonals. So effectively, this becomes like Oblivion, um, where you have your you know your eight hotkeys, um, like in Oblivion. Uh, you you can do that in Skyrim. Um, that's pretty much what I'm getting from here. This actually sounds pretty legit. <laughs> so again, uh, this is called Better Xbox 360 Controller, and the author is Brathorst. That's B-R-A-T-H-O-R-S-T on the Skyrim uh, Workshop in Steam. Yeah, this is pretty cool. It looks like uh, yeah. in order to access the other eight buttons instead of it being on the diagonals, basically the left bumper is going to be like a modifier, like a mm-hmm. shift modifier in an MMO. So you hold down the left bumper, you'll get access to hotkey 5, 6, 7, and 8. Um, also, if you hold down the left bumper, your right uh, analog stick will have auto walk on if you press it. And then if you press Y and A at the same time, you'll quick load. And X and B at the same time, you'll quick save. That quick save. That's pretty cool. That's, uh, that's, uh... <laughs> that's messed up. So, so what do you think, Shank? You think uh, you think this will be a keeper for you, just based on the information? You know what? I mean, this is actually quite. This is this is definitely cool. I I can definitely. I mean, I'm gonna have to try it out and see how stable this mod is because I know for like just from past experience that mods that kind of change functionality, some core uh, controlling functionality mechanics, some of them tend to be unstable. But you know, looking at the comments on stuff, it it looks pretty cool uh, i'm gonna have to try this out and you can uh, get my recommendation next week i suppose awesome all right that brings us over to the lore segment and uh john you're gonna regale us uh this week aren't you with uh, a random random lore book from imperial uh, library correct 
Correct. Right. Um, let me preface this by saying I'm not uh, Morku and I don't have a British accent and I'm not the War Master, but I will <laughs> do a damn good job. More on that after this. Library Bookstore, this is Scott. How may I help you? Yes, you have an Elder Scroll. Hello, I'm and what can I do for you? You have an Elder Scroll. An Elder Scroll? Yes, I'd very much like to have those scrolls. Oh my! <laughs> John, take it away. All right, so for today's random book, we have Ingol and the Sea Ghosts. Uh, the author was anonymous. So it reads Master and Secunda passed over. Yisgrimor's people, as their fellowship landed in longboats upon the rocky shores of Hesarek, head on their journey from Adamor to Mareth, boats tittered the coast, but Yisgrimor did not count his kin, Yangles, among them. Yisgrimor commanded the sea ghost to surrender his kin in a great gale darkened the sky. The seas thrashed and churned, and a wrathful storm appeared. Yisgrimor took up the oars and rowed into the storm alone. Upon the sea, Ysgrimor wrestled the sea ghosts, and the storm carried him along the jagged coast. Two fortnights passed without relief until finally the storm broke. Come the next dawn, Yingle's longboat was found in the icy surf, but the vengeful sea ghosts had already taken Yingle and his clansmen. In, in his terrible grief, Ysgrimor slew a dozen, dozen beasts and burned them in honor of his fallen kingsmen. A barrow hill was dug in the Adamorian tradition, and Yingle was laid to rest with rites and honors among his clansmen, far below the rocky face of the Hasseric Head, the first children of the sky to perish in Tamriel. All right, very nice. Now, I usually, uh, we got a brand new section of this show where I like to talk about some of the, the holidays that have appeared in the previous week. Winter thanks us. But uh no, we <laughs> there, <laughs> there was, was a thing, right? <laughs> that, that was a thing. There's there's none this week. However, next week, uh we've got four that we're gonna be talking about. Well, probably three, because the fourth one happens uh after the show, and I think believe I believe we, we measure this from from Turdos to Durdos. So uh so next week we'll have we'll have a whole bunch. Uh, that brings us on over to our emails, where you have a say on what's going on over here. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Dave, present us with the first email. Por favor, senor. Absolutely. Gracias. This one comes from Cameron. Says, hey! Hey, Cameron. Hope you guys had a good weekend. I woke up this morning and thought of Dark Souls. Have any of you guys played through that? It's an amazing RPG. If not, you need to. Anyways, if you have played it, I really think ESO can take inspiration from the zones in Dark Souls for how to approach adventure zones. Hmm. One region in Dark Souls that I loved was a place called Blight Town. It was an underground shanty town that was incredibly difficult and nerve-wracking to navigate through. Full of full of uh, difficult and frightening enemies, not for you to conquer, but more for you to fend off as you wound your way down to 
through a loosely connected set of ramshackle huts built on the underground foundations of the castles above. Not only were the denizens of Blighttown monstrously furious at your intrusion, but there were also hidden assassins firing toxic darts at you from the shadows. It was dark and mysterious, and it used good foreshadowing for what was to come. While very challenging, playing through Blighttown is one of the best experiences I've had playing through a game recently. Varwin, remember how you said you spe- speculated that Adventure Zones were actual zones you had to navigate through with a team before getting to the instance? And if that was the case, that would have you hooked? That is what Blighttown was sort of like. Mm. You took hours to navigate through Blighttown, then through the poison swamp at the bottom, fending off giant fire-breathing bugs, slugs, blood mosquitoes, and swamp golems, only to get into a spider cave network to fight off a spider, uh, which spider witch boss that breathes magma. If ESO Adventure Zones can be like that, then they would be awesome. Hmm. Best Cameron Dark Souls is hard. Speculating Ashlander. <laughs> I agree. That's that's pretty epic. <laughs> Definitely. In is. all honesty, Varwin, mm-hmm. from from what I would like to see come from Adventure Zones, especially if they're calling them zones, I would like them to be that big. Mm. And you know. The way that that the Cameron recounts Blighttown, it makes me think. Okay, maybe not that difficult, but honestly, I would love the idea of tearing through an area. Not more so, you know, walking into an area. I was I was actually speaking to Varun about this exactly earlier. Not so much walking into an area, knowing the boss that you're going to fight, and building a strategy to fight that boss. Rather, we need to build a strategy with our team. To survive walking around the next corner. That's the feeling I want. I want the idea of we build our team for our team. We don't build our team for the boss that's standing in the way. I like that. Yes. Absolutely. I I, I really think that um one of the one of the best things that that can come out of you know the this game could be the idea that, you know, there isn't a locked set strategy like you usually get in MMOs for boss fights. You know, mm-hmm. usually, you know, if you played MMOs, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you got to move here when the boss goes into this phase and you got to, you know, uh, do tons of damage in this particular phase. The next phase, maybe not so much. Lots of, you know, uh, lots of mechanics. And not that that's not fun. Believe me, ton of fun raiding and, and going through that sort of thing. I, I love that stuff. But I think in Elder Scrolls Online, I think it would be fun in an Elder Scrolls MMO if your boss fights had many, 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 many different ways of approaching the fight. And based on on who we're with and who we are, we approach it in a way that is fitting for us and challenging but we find our way that mixes with us that that i think would be um would be pretty awesome yeah all right on to our next one this one comes from osgand who says i just watched the war and serial video again and was wondering am i the only person who noticed the dwimmer 
pistol crossbow thing. If you missed it, here it is at 34 seconds. And uh, we've got the... I actually got a screenshot out of the the video yeah. uh, of the characters in first person sh- seeing the, the crossbow. It's a one-handed crossbow. Yeah, you could sort of um, right here on the uh, on the left here in in the left hand. That's that's the crossbow right there. Uh, you got like these little little gyro things here on on the uh, either side of the weapon. It's uh, it seems obviously to, be to, to automatically load it. Right. Pretty <laughs> pretty awesome. A <laughs> uh, little Dwimmer uh, contraption here. Yeah, man. I mean, we I, I caught it too, but you know, we're not we didn't get the the screenshot. So this screenshot definitely helps, and I do appreciate uh, the the email calling attention to this. It's it's pretty neat looking. Sure is. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It reminds me kind of of uh, the Demon Hunter from Diablo. Yes, yes, yes. very much. Yes, <laughs> and the handheld crossbows that she had. Yeah, dual yeah. wielding. Definitely cool looking. All right. It's going to be difficult for Shank to get something like that picking flowers all the time. Yeah, no. And I don't think he should be allowed to hold it. <laughs> no. He, he doesn't have proficiency in picking up a weapon. Mm-mm. Well, that's it, folks. That's the end of our show. Final thoughts, gentlemen. And we'll start with uh, we'll start with Shank. Uh, final thoughts for me... Um... I just started a new build in Oblivion. I'm incredibly excited to try it. Um, I had a lot of fun with the discussion tonight. This was one of my favorite discussions that we've had, um, uh, at least since, since I've uh, been a part of this show and a part of this network. Um, I loved I loved every minute of it. We had a lot of in-depth discussion, and it's great, so awesome to see how just how engaged uh, the chat room was. I don't know if the rest of you guys were, uh, you know, just eyeballing it too, but we were getting a lot of feedback, um, especially when we were talking about our builds and all that. So, man, so much feedback. Nice. So, yeah, just loved the discussion, and I, I cannot wait to go back into Oblivion and uh, really looking forward to tomorrow night, classic test night with Mr. of Arwen yeah. and Mr. Supa. Hey. Yeah, um, we're. As you can see, there's there's things are kind of changing uh, with with the show, and we're we're aiming to push it in in the right direction. Um, a lot of, I, and I guess this this are my final thoughts. You know, a lot of a lot of what we've done has been very Elder Scrolls Online heavy, and this show will continue to be Elder Scrolls Online heavy simply because that is the major point of discussion regarding the Elder Scrolls series right now. And when Elder Scrolls Six comes out. The show is going to be Elder Scrolls Online and Elder Scrolls Six heavy, and and uh, you'll you'll see that as as that starts to to crop up. Um, so I'm I'm very, but I'm very interested in also keeping that that classic Elder Scrolls discussion in the show, and it gets very very difficult to sometimes put it in and keep it in. So so bear with us. Um, but however, if if we do a show and it is very very ESO heavy, don't worry. Your safety net, classic Elder Scrolls night on Fridays, uh, will will be there. And um, and there's one rule. What's that rule, John? No Elder Scrolls online discussion. There you go. That's it. It's classic only. That's your haven, folks. 
go there. Classic Elder Scrolls 9. You don't even have to do anything different. If you're already listening to us here at Elder Scrolls Off the Record, that's the way you're going to get a Classic Elder Scrolls Night, whether it's on YouTube through our videos, whether it's on twitch.tv forward slash Quest Gaming Network. Uh, we're going to have it there as well. And if you're listening to us on Stitcher Radio, the RSS feed, or iTunes, it's going to be here as well. So, so no worries, folks. You don't have to do anything different. We're going to bring it out to you. Podcast form, video form, it's, it's right there. Dave, what's, uh, what's your final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts, I'm actually going to lend this one to the beta. Uh, for all you people who are getting in, congratulations. Uh, but remember, there is still an NDA up. Enjoy it as much as you can. But you the, you got to respect the NDA. Uh, remember, if you, if you do break it, it could cause, you know, you, even though even if you're trying to tout about how much you enjoy it, it may put off the wrong image. Uh, just really don't do it. Mm. Even if you enjoy it, let other people enjoy it for themselves. Don't try to spoil it. What about you, John? I want to say thank you guys for having me on the show. I had a blast. Get out. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Varwin and Shank. Shank's dead. <laughs> Shank is offended, is what Shank is, because Shank just not five seconds ago said this is the best episode ever because I was here. Right. See, I heard him say that. Uh, thanks for he, he muted himself. He's literally going to pass out and die. I can't take the camera off you, Shank. It's a <laughs> it's a layout. You're there, dude. <laughs> he spins the camera around. Nice chair, dude. <laughs> uh. Nice chair. Um, John, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming, man. I mean, it was, it was very, uh, it was awesome of you to, to be able to jump in on short notice and, um, you know, I, I appreciate it. So, and it's going to be great having you on, on, uh, classic Elder Scrolls night tomorrow. And it's going to be great to get, get Shank in there. Oh yeah. I can't wait. It'll be a blast. One last message. And this goes out to, to fan sites of Elder Scrolls. Contact me. Please, I want to have this show to do what we can do to help out people in the Elder Scrolls community. This is why you've seen an increased interest in in the Elder Scrolls, the official Elder Scrolls forums. I want to I want to be able to extend that hand out there and say, you know, we want to help you out. We want to be helped out by you. I I want this show and Quest Gaming Network to have you know, a uh, a real presence in in the Elder Scrolls community and I want to be able to to have just like a nice open relationship with fan sites out there that are that can we can all come together on to come together at the table as a community, as friends, as friends and say, we're, we're out there. We do this, go out there and, and listen here or go out there and check these guys out. I want to be able to help each other. Um, so, so please send me an email. All right. Uh, and I promise you that we're going to be able to, you know, work together in a way that we haven't before. I, I promise you that. So uh, to that end, um, we also have this uh, awesome, awesome giveaway. Again, I, I told you at the top of the show, I want to I bring it up again. 
with uh, ESO Lodge. We, I just spoke with um, with Scott from ESOLodge.com uh, earlier today. And you can follow him over at ESO Lodge. Let me see if I can get his uh, his website up over here. Hold on a second. Um, yeah. So we're we're gonna have this this awesome freaking giveaway that that he uh, he contacted us over, where we give away. If you contact us on our social networks, you know Twitch and um, Facebook, maybe Google Plus, our websites. All right, uh, you'll enter yourself into this competition for uh, the the anthology. There we go. Got it. All right. So let me just uh, put this up on a little thing here. There we go. So that's ESO Lodge. Really nice looking website. Um, Scott's got a great, great website here at ESO Lodge. Uh, he's got a little counter here. It counts down the days until Elder Scrolls, um, Elder Scrolls Online. He's got this uh, awesome streaming um, RSS feed on the right-hand side here where you, you see all great content coming from the community of of elder scrolls out there there's uh there's some some tamriel foundry stuff on here uh some of our episodes ha- actually appear on this as well the tamriel chronicle from um Zenimax online studios uh so good stuff definitely check out his site and we're going to have uh the elder scrolls anthology giveaway we're going to announce more details during the week for this. So we don't have a whole lot right now. What we are doing is we're going to basically contact us through our various um, various social media. We're going to have a link there that you can click on to. When you click on that link, we're going to get notified that you're basically throwing your name in a hat. And we're going to pick randomly. We're going to have a program pick randomly who's going to, who's going to win this thing. And then Scott's going to, uh, from ESO Lodge, he's going to send it out to you. Great guy. Really great guy. Really like him a lot. Got a chance to talk to him today. Nice dude. Uh, long-time supporter of Quest Gaming Network and Elder Scrolls. Well, Elder Scrolls off the record. Big, huge fan of Elder Scrolls as well. Um, like many of you other fan site folk out there that actually do listen. Um, and I want to be able to work with you guys too. So, All right. So uh, how to contact us. Dave, would you mind going into this, please? Yes, I would. Go into it, not mind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, QGM community segment. Check out, check up on all of our latest and greatest Elder Scroll news, general gaming, and how to join our wonderful growing community at elderscrollsofftherecord.com. That's where you want to go first and foremost. Elderscrollsofftherecord.com. <laughs> you can email the show at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. Remember to say to Dave and Shank to get your email right on the show. I'm, I'm kidding. You want to actually give us a nice little email. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at elderscrollsofftherecord. We, ours is at elderscrollsotr. That's at elderscrollsotr. Ivarwin is at E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. That's that's actually his his real name. His parents hated him. Lou, he's not here tonight, but he's at GamerGuy 11B. I'm Dave, and I'm at Pantsless Homies. Dang it, Shank! 
He'll read anything on that teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at D I E N Force. Shank the Tank is at Shank Tank. That's right. Shank T H Tank. That's H A N K T H T A N K. And don't forget to leave off the E in th in order to receive savings on pumice stones. <laughs> And Chia Pets. Solid Gold Dancers. Anyway, and Supa, who's here guest starring with us tonight, thank you, Supa, for being here, by the way, is at JSupa508. That's J-S-U-P-A-508. You remember, you can catch all of our wonderful shows at www.questgamingnetwork.com. There, you can donate to our shows $10 to get a special mention, if you if you like, to be said on the next episode, or any amount that you care to donate, would be a big help to the network. Remember, $10 special mention. $10. Follow all of our other shows, like Classic Elder Scrolls Night. It's overhyped, and it airs on Friday at 9 p.m. <laughs> the cake's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you can also catch Community Game Night, which is Saturdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Follow our our Twitter, our at Quest Gaming, or uh, yeah, I believe it's at Quest Gaming, where they usually tweet out which game they're playing. Rift Off the Record Live is Sunday night at 7 p.m. That's at Rift OTR. And uh, let's see, Totally Heroes is Monday Ooh. night at 10 p.m. Eastern. With That's a new host. Totally Heroes. Brand new host at Totally Heroes. Who messed it up last week. <laughs> Dave, that wasn't your fault. Uh, it was uh, entirely I'll... Dave's fault. No, no, no. Ivar was no. making feel bad. <laughs> that was Twitch. The ungodly Twitch. Uh, this, this next week, we got it. This next week will be my first week heading that because I'm taking over for a loser who couldn't uh, drag himself to do it. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I love you, Ivarwin. Ivarwin is actually stepping away because he's going to Swotori Forge. It's yeah. coming back Monday. Uh, just, uh, okay, just killed the notes. Monday, uh, January 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's right. Are, are, is everybody else as excited about that as I am? Because that's going to be the return of Swotori Forge, but it's also going to have Lou, who's amazing, but it's also going to be the return of another longtime uh, podcast host. Return oh, of Mac. I'm I'm so excited for that, Ivarwin. For yeah, Fred Woodley is coming back as Sith Lord Korv on Swotor. That's Forge. right. Did you guys Did you guys hear episode twenty with uh, Dude? That was that amazing. was the best thing Quest Gaming <laughs> Network has ever put out. Well, it was I'm, so funny. I'm still very sore. Uh, towards Fred because of the uh, Argonian activists in a certain inn in a certain game that killed a certain someone named Shank. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I think uh, you're referring to the QGN host mod. I am. Upon <laughs> <laughs> my it. surprise, walking into the bannered mare. Oh, what is that? That's a dead Shank. That's a dead Shank is what that is. <laughs> also... You can check out our forums at www.questgamingnetwork.com. Remember, that's the place that you can go to start any discussion about any of the games we play on Quest Gaming Network. Questgamingcommunity.com. 
post in there because as you heard, we actually pulled out a thread to display on today's show. Bango. And actually, on the Quest Gaming Community forums, there is a post. We're kind of running a little giveaway for Age of Empires 2 HD. Whoever can come up with the funniest blaming or the funniest thing to blame Mork you for. For instance, <laughs> I blame him for all my shortcomings and failures. What do you blame him for, community? <laughs> That's beautiful. I got the uh, I got the forum up here on on the uh, on the live stream. Where is that thread? Is that in the general uh, QG? Yeah, discussion? that's in general discussion. Tormented made it. Yeah, let me click on that. Tormented's a good man. So I blame Morikyu. Here you go, right here. It's the top post right now, and uh, this is it. Starting this because we all love the guy, and I blame Morikyu for all my shortcomings and failures. Uh, let's see. Maury says, I blame Mora Q for not banning TG, Tormented Gamer. I blame wow. Mora Q for getting in my way during our my amazing debut at League of Legends. Look at Just Monovan. Monovan wrote a book. <laughs> Monovan's is pretty funny, though. I, I blame Mora Q for England. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I would have I to. I know, agree. right? By the way, since we're talking about community stuff, check out the weekly wrap-up. This is uh, something that the community, uh, the community guys over here, you know, John, Maury, and Will, they they put this together every single week. This is a culmination of what we do each week. And if you're if you're watching the live stream right now, this is the last weekly wrap up that we had. This is one week's worth of work and content that the Quest Gaming Network puts out from our streams to our news articles to our podcasts here at the weekly wrap up and you can get that over at questgamingnetwork.com and just utilize the top navigation bar up here click on weekly wrap up and here you go right here if you ever feel like you missed something go to the weekly wrap up and you've got it all right here condensed for you in one little page that refreshes itself every single week right there plus you can get to the forums very easily as well uh, here as well can but I what happens say... if they're on facebook or google plus Oh, well, I'll tell you what's going to happen if you're on Facebook or Google+. You're about to find out. You can go to Facebook.com slash Quest Gaming Network. We're on it. Oh, Oh, you're on Google+. You probably had to sign into YouTube. Well, you can find us on Google+, at Google.com slash plus plus Quest Gaming Network. Don't spell out plus like this idiot did. Yeah, Yeah. and don't repeatedly spell out plus. (laughs) I'm like... Where's the link for, you know, come on, guys. Where's the link for, for Google, for the, for the Google Plus? And they're all like, google.com forward slash plus Quest Gaming Network. And I'm like, okay, plus P-L-U-S Quest Gaming Network. Enter. Look it's not getting me there, guys. <laughs> like a schmuck. Because <laughs> it's the plus sign. That's why. What an idiot. God. Oh, that's wonderful. Stupid. But what happens if you just want to watch our shows? Well, you can check out all of our gaming videos, how-to guides, and podcasts recorded live on twitch.tv slash Network. Or if you may have missed them live... What if I missed What watch- if I missed them live, Dave? What happens when I miss well, them live? Well, that's easy. You can watch them again at youtube.com slash Network. Oh, my God. I know, that's right? Amazing. Our YouTube channel is the only place you're going to see all of our great Let's Play videos, including exclusive video reports on game news by Bradford and Brian's new Let's Play Fallout New Vegas series, as well as 
Conversations with QGN, the new video series where hosts get together to discuss what is whatever is on their mind. One more time, that's at youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork. So hold on a second. Hold on. I can watch Quest Gaming videos live at their Twitch channel, twitch.tv, Quest Gaming Network. Or if I miss it, I can catch it on their YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network. I can get news, up-to-the-minute articles on their website, questgamingnetwork.com, plus everything, including their forums, their weekly wrap-up, which has absolutely everything right there, at questgamingnetwork.com. I've got the weekly wrap-up there. I've got the forums there. I can get to their Twitch channel from there, their YouTube channel from there, their Twitter, their Facebook, their Google+, all of that happens at questgamingnetwork.com. Is that what you're telling me right now, dude? No. Damn it. No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Dan, you're about the only thing we don't have nowadays is a LinkedIn. Mm. And we won't. <laughs> could I uh, could I just plug conversations with QGN real quick? Yeah, man, go ahead. So, um, if you missed the last one, there was a really really awesome one uh, with uh, Brian and uh, Bradford. Um, strongly urge you guys to watch it. I, I loved it. Um, and Bradford and I are currently working on the the second one. We're gonna we have an idea together. We're gonna throw an outline. I will just say this: if you like the technology side of our industry and the progress and the innovation. I strongly suggest you uh, catch this episode because I think you'll like it. It's going to be pretty nice. I'm interested. There you go. We got one person viewing it. <laughs> it's probably going to be crap, but you know. We're... <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking forward to it, Shank. Looking forward to it. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. Time to say goodbye, Dave. Have a great one, everybody. Shadow hide you. And Shank. Fusrota, y'all. John, Damn. thanks for coming. Thank you. Bye, everyone. I blame more Q for the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. Be safe. And may the Foos be with you. That guy looks like he's buried bodies. <laughs> Like, you could just see it on his face. He's seen some stuff. Mm, man, dude. Ranch ram. So we got people in the chat saying they dig the setup, except Dave. He needs to leave. Yeah. Well, uh... Oh, that's so mean. That, that, that last part I may have added. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, <laughs> they couldn't have said that. My name's not spelled S-H-A-N-K. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. This is uh, a little bit on how the magic is done, my friends. It's really, uh, really not complicated. Can't be complicated because uh, we won't be able to understand it. What? If this was newsroom, Ivarwin, you'd be Mackenzie McHale. Yeah. Yeah, we try and keep things simple for Ivarwin. Gotta. <laughs> Gotta. I barely understand my shapes. Some guy was like, mm, triangle. I was like, mm, three sides. I get it now. <laughs> I mean, what can you expect from a former hand model? We're the smart ones. At least he can turn left. 
Always. Blue steel. <laughs> it's called Segunda. Segunda? Segunda. All right, we ready, folks? No. Good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing Dave's not ready.